Greetings and salutations, meatbags, and welcome to another episode of the future the Liberals want for us all. Talk until the joy is gone. My name is Rooney, a fun-loving, boundary-spanning, genre-hopping, kink-sharing example of the peak of human existence for a given value of peak and a given value of existence. <laughs> but the important thing is, I'm having fun and they haven't found the bodies yet. And here with me is a man so dark, you need a flashlight just to greet him. So mysterious, nobody ever knows what the fuck he's doing. And so twisted, you could use him to remove a man-sized cork from a cyclopean bottle of wine. Reggie, <laughs> and if you want to know what I'm up to, go sit on my face. <laughs> That's why it's dark. That's yeah. why your world is so dark. Yeah. Just them thighs. <laughs> just that wet pussy just grinding up and down against my face. And as we were discussing before the mic went live, good morning, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. who listen to us first thing in the morning. There's a mental image for you. <laughs> good morning, Tajigia. <laughs> Today's first topic of conversation. Face sitting. <laughs> Reggie eating pussy. That's funny because we were literally saying. We, were, we had the most boring <laughs> vanilla catch up, and then it was like, oh shit, the intro started. <laughs> oh, wait, yeah, no, we've got to take, <laughs> take the filter off. Yeah. But then we were just saying, like, yeah, these weirdos who listen to it. We're very, we're very appreciative of these weirdos, by the way. But these weirdos who listen to us, like, first thing on a Wednesday morning, as yeah. soon as the episode goes live, and they just get like this. They just get blasted in their ear canals with utter filth. <laughs> Our suggestion is like mid-afternoon when you've got a couple of hours of work left, you're sick of your day, you need a couple of idiots to, <laughs> to, to give you the bullshit that gets you through those last two hours. That's what we're here for. I mean, my suggestion is when you're going to goon yourself stupid and you're just edging for two hours and you need something in the background to, yeah, to, to, just be... take, to keep you on yeah. the edge... That's what we're here for. Us talking about our hot fours. That's got to be. That's got to do it for you, right? <laughs> Mate, this this week's film, my God, it's just a wank fest. It is. That's why I come straight in with just, face just <laughs> hot people everywhere. And I'm just like, no, no, they're the hottest. Oh, no, fuck. I forgot you were in it. Oh, no, that catsuit. No, wait. You, oh. I had like three wanks this morning <laughs> making my notes. It's just... <laughs> Only one of them was about four as well. Like everybody, listen for the crackling of pages yeah. when he opens it. That's to peel the pages apart. <laughs> I'm gonna go and sell my notebook on Etsy. <laughs> <laughs> Rinse it off, take yeah. it to Burning Man. <laughs> uh, that four cork Valkyrie Forsen. <laughs> well, he's hard as a rock. <laughs> hey! Oh, there are some Sundays I wake up and I'm tired and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to summon it today. <laughs> and this was one of them. <laughs> and now I'm sat here and I'm just like, oh, my God. Oh, Lord, I'm all discombobulated today because I, I didn't sleep much last night and I was woken up at 20 past eight this morning by my oh, neighbours. Same as you. I woke up at six o'clock this morning on the sofa and went back to bed and woke up at <laughs> 8 15 oh. and couldn't get back to sleep this morning i was i rolled over this morning and i could hear someone doing fucking diy and i'm not sure which side it was oh, okay. because they were hitting something so fucking hard that it was just vibrating through the ceiling the walls and the fucking floor when i was in new york we were on this bus trip around the city and uh, we got to this one intersection and the tour guide was like it is illegal to beep your horn here if you beep your horn in your car on this 
this one intersection, you will yeah. get fined like thousands of dollars. Wow. Because they've had so many noise complaints that they put this in. <laughs> now, can we figure out a fine system <laughs> for your neighbours? I wish. I really do fucking wish. I mean, I get it. It's not their fault that I was up until like nearly 3 a.m. Friday morning. <laughs> no. uh, sorry, Saturday morning. And then like nearly 2 a.m. Last night. What were you doing until 3 slash 2 a.m.? I was uh, Friday night I was streaming Lord of the Rings Return, Return to Moria. I was living my best dwarf life. Yeah. And that was awesome. And last night I was playing Lord of the Rings Return to Moria, <laughs> living my best dwarf yeah. life. And last night, I think it's Friday night, I was on stream. I was playing it with some friends. We had a, we had a group server going. It was great. And we very quickly lost track of time, as you do. Yeah. Last night, uh, I just I was just like, I'll just hop on for a couple of hours because I'm fucking tired. I've had a busy day. I'm looking forward to going to bed. And then before I know it, it's like 1am and I'm like, shit, this was going to be an early night. So then I went to bed uh, and didn't go straight to sleep because I was hyped up because I was yeah. a dwarf. And then I wasn't a dwarf because I'm six foot two. And I was all, I had body dysmorphia and I was all confused. And Amy said, seriously, stop trying to wear ring mail to bed. Um, so yeah. And then my neighbours woke me up. We were up early yesterday, early today. And I was, I, I was, I'm this close actually. One of my Halloween decorations. I don't know if you've seen old Bones McGee downstairs. Yeah. He's hanging from a noose at the moment. He wasn't going to be because the neighbours didn't appreciate it a few years ago when I had him hanging from the guttering by a noose. However, <laughs> this year Fuck he's yeah. going out there with a laminated sign round his neck saying, the last neighbour who woke me up at 8.20 on a Sunday. <laughs> and that's going to be hanging around his neck while he dangles for I my do, guttering. I do think, though, that like there should be... All jokes aside, there should be a law about DIY on the Sundays. Yeah, don't fucking like, do it. No, you can do it, but not before like nine thirty. I well, think nine thirty is a reasonable isn't it time. Eight AM. I think eight AM is is the, the the time you can do it on a Sunday, eight till five or something. So I know during the during the week it's like fucking seven till seven or so, yeah. seven till ten. The loud noises. Um, but I think on a Sunday. It's. I think it's like eight till five. Someone, will, someone will correct me. We need to do a touchy campaign to to change this law. We should totally do that, actually. And so that you have to do, have to delay any noisy DIY. Just not actually. No, fuck it. Just any DIY other than painting. Yeah, until after 10, 10 a.m. Till after ten a.m. Yeah. Between ten a.m. and six p.m., do whatever you want, unless the light on the front of Rooney's house is red, because that means we're recording. <laughs> This is or, a bylaw. I'm, I'm running my house as a brothel. <laughs> this is a bylaw I'm instigating. We're going to get a recording light outside your house. We'll do it like uh, the, the the Twitter building when they replaced it with a big X. Yeah. We'll just have a big live sign on my yeah. roof that just lights up and blinds everyone so with a big red light. Walk out to the street, go, oh, no, they're oh, recording. No, they're recording. Everyone will be quiet. And they can shout to their wife, sorry, love, can't do it today. Boys are recording. Boys are recording. Just going to have to go and have a beer and watch the football. I'd love to cut the grass, but, you know, the boys are recording. Yeah, yeah. and then I think we would be nicer to the people in your street. I wouldn't want to throttle them every time I turned I, up to your house. I would house. just be nicer in general. <laughs> yeah. Just lately, my street is just like a fucking... thing is, you go down my street, it doesn't look like a building site. No. But it fucking sounds, sounds like, like it. it yeah. And the thing is, you go out there now, I mean, you listen now. Fuck all. This is why we're, we're recording Synchronicity. It's Sunday. Yes, this is why we're changing our <laughs> recording day for that to Sunday. Because right now, absolutely nothing. Yeah. Do you know why there's absolutely nothing? Because they've all done their fucking DIY at 8 o'clock this morning. Cunts! Yeah, they're all feet up on the sofa now. They're all they, yeah, feet up on the sofa relaxing. They're having a fucking nap. They're going to go to bed nice and early tonight. Siesta time. 
Fucking wankers. Wankers. I do think that we <laughs> we should be petitioning for a, a law or just uh just you know for them to rig I'll the do lottery. that. I'll, I will set up a I'll do we'll do a uh house house of common parliament one. Yeah. You need ten thousand signatures before it expires, and then the House of Lords or whatever we or can get House of Commons will discuss it. On the thirty under thirties that <laughs> suffer hangovers at the weekend to sign that, right? <laughs> We're going to need them because everyone our age is like, fucking idiots. DIYs, where is that? That's what I do on a Sunday. Set me alarm for half past six, get up, have a shower, cup of tea, do the painting, hammer some walls. Create an entire Instagram to take pictures and show people what I'm doing. If this this sounds like we're calling you out and we're targeting you specifically, it's because we are, you cunt. (sighs) Sorry, what? Who are you targeting? Anyone. Anyone that does that. That... That entire subgenre, that subbreed of humanity that thinks that Sunday fucking morning is is peak time for DIY, get in the fucking sea. Yeah, you should have been having so much fun on Saturday night that Sunday morning's just pff, impossible. I mean, yeah, exactly. If you've got kids, you should be out taking the kids to the park, walking the dog, I don't know, doing some shit like that. Take if you don't have kids, you should be having Monday mor- uh, Sunday morning sex. You know, so if you're single... You should still be asleep because you were out last night on the pool. Or you should be on your way home from wherever you crashed last night. What about <laughs> if... Um, what about if you're completely asexual? I don't know. What read a, a book. What asexual? Read a book. Yeah, Sunday morning's a peak... Peak book reading book time. Book reading time because it's quiet. You haven't got anywhere to go. Yeah, if you start at a reasonable time, you can be finished by dinner time. Yeah. And then you can have your asexual dinner. What about... I'm not, if, sure. I'm not, by the way, that came across badly. I don't have any problem with asexual people. Oh, God, no. They confuse the hell out of me because I'm an incredibly sexual person. But, yeah, aces for the win. Until a couple of weeks ago, I was convinced I was asexual. I'd lost so much interest in <laughs> getting laid. <laughs> <laughs> and then a little angel come along and, you know, suck my dick. <laughs> oh, sorry, let me rephrase that. Then a tiny angel come along and sat on my <laughs> sat face. On your face. <laughs> you bastard, I was going to say that, but I was drowning in my tea at the time. I've got to open the window. It's suddenly got, it's got really yeah. warm in here. I can tell it's got warm because the windows are fucking steaming up. That's what it's like in here, ladies, ladies and other people. Um, it's just a steamy, hot, very small, very messy room. So the new rule of thumb is if you've got kids, Sunday mornings for activities yeah, outside of the house. Can. If you're single, Sunday morning should be for Sunday morning sex. If you're asexual... You should be reading a good book in bed with a cup of tea. Yeah. And if you're married, what you if, use that time to lay in bed and rethink your life choices. What if your sexual partner is not available at weekends because they're seeing someone else? <laughs> I mean, that's a very, very niche question. Um, I don't know. I look at pictures of them and have a wank. Oh. Maybe you should join. You, then in that case, you could pick from any of the other options. That's yeah. like a wild card. Sunday mornings all should be about like reading books in bed, I reckon. They should just be about stuff in bed, quiet stuff in yeah. bed. Not, uh, I'm not talking about swinging from the chandeliers, crazy monkey sex, by no. the way. Quiet, you know, sed- no, not sedate, just the sort of stuff that isn't going to wake me up. Yeah, just like a relaxed spoon at best. Hmm. Yeah. There you go. Bit of and light then get choking. up and have a bit of breakfast, maybe some tea, you know. Bit of light choking. Bit of light choking. that'll stop the noise, you know. Yeah, I mean, that is true. <laughs> <laughs>
well, one day I would love to go like to edit one of these episodes and just edit out all of our laughing, so it just sounds like we're straight faced for the entire. Oh, I might try that. How much trouble will we gain? <laughs> just, just everything, just delivered yeah. completely straight and dry. Which, funny enough, is how I have sex. Um, <laughs> That's usually how the face sitting starts, but it's not long before. Straight and dry. And before you know it, it's all bent and sloppy. Yeah. Fucking hell, what are you doing? Oh, you're talking about your nose. Exactly. Right, okay. <laughs> Do you know earlier when you sent a picture of the noose and we were having our little go back and forth? Yes. Amy wrote Rooney. <laughs> removed the noose. But I read it as Rooney removed the nose. And I was like... <laughs> I am too gonna do with my nose after I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna use it as one of them shark aerials on top of my car. And then I reread it and was like, no, that makes sense. <laughs> so it's Mr. Bones in the news now to stop me from using it. Stop me from fulfilling my destiny. No, he's, he's there. It's in a demonstrative. Oh, okay. This is how you do it. I'll take it Cody's not around so he doesn't have to witness it later. Oh, he don't fucking care. He's got his headset on, he's playing Fortnite, he don't care. Okay. He really does not give a fuck what else is going on in the house at that point in time. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he's... he's. So he's, should he's we... Made, he's made a new friend. He's broken up with an old friend. It's all been drama, man. Oh, him and Frankie aren't back together yet. This is going to be done. Him and Frankie, they, they had this big falling out, and then they were friends again, and then they had a little falling out, and then they were friends again, and then um, whilst they were falling out, Cody went into their shared Minecraft server... Saw that Frankie had damaged a bunch of his, his stuff, so he poured lava over all of his stuff. Frankie then logged into the server a little while later, completely... This is after they then made up again. Yeah. Logged in, saw what Cody had done, and basically said, fuck you, to Cody. <laughs> so Cody was like, right, okay, block. Um, and now he's just playing with, with his other friend who he made online. So the, Cody and Frankie, are they kind of like bickering, falling out, making up again like us or is it like you know real people <laughs> i don't know because they're nine yeah so it's very hard to gauge how serious this is i have to admit though in like 20 years of friendship or 20 what 25 too, years of too friendship, many. <laughs> 25 years of friendship now like i can only maybe two or three times we've actually had arguments yeah, so bad that, think, uh, that we haven't actually talked to each other for a couple of days I know a couple of times Amy's reached out to me and been like, you're both fucking miserable. Just talk to each other. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's been like two or three days at most. And it's usually because we got drunk and wanted yeah. to do something stupid. Yeah. And then we're just you like, made me I... dance with a girl. I'm going to stab you. Well, I am fucking talking to him. And he's like, we're fucking talking to him. Yeah. yeah. Because we're big, mature men. <laughs> and so Amy steps in and is just like, oh, come on. Don't make me deal with him alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you take up half of it. <laughs> I need you back. <laughs> without the, without you there, it's a harsh his vibe. He's asking for sex all the time. Yeah. Uh, without you king shaming him, like there's no one to stop him. <laughs> He's basically hella reborn. <laughs> he walks into the bedroom and suddenly like these big horns come big out. Horns of his bed. Come out. <laughs> yeah, you should see me trying to squeeze into that cat suit, mate. That's not pretty. <laughs> Wants me to build a big statue of him outside the house with his horn helmet on. <laughs> Just so the world knows how horny he is. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't seen the title of this episode, can you guess what film we watched? I, like, I'm having so much fun just, like, shooting from the hip. I almost want to, like, just 
Ignore. We are only like 15 minutes in. Mate, I know, so. but I know, but like, I, f- I feel like we haven't ignored my prep for ages and just gone rogue. And I feel like today would be a good day, but I'm running out of time to fit stuff in. Okay. <laughs> this year. So. This year, yes, because uh, when you guys listen to this, it will be November. November 1st, right? Yeah, so I'm trying very hard not to be spooky because for me, we are balls deep in spooky month. Yeah. We are, we are edging spooky month right now. Uh, and yet, by the time you listen to this, it's November, so it's basically Mariah Carey and Michael Bublé have climbed out of their ice-bound caves. So for all of you listening to this first thing on Wednesday morning, rest assured, Rooney finished his edging yesterday. <laughs> all over Bones McGee and the noose. <laughs> all over. It was a double-ender! Yeah. Hey! <laughs> I was thinking about Valkyrie the whole time, though. <laughs> oh, it was meek. <laughs> It was a meet Grandmaster Freesome. Oh, baby. <laughs> Love me a bit of that Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> he's going to uh, he's gonna get a cop of my calm and explain chaos theory. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Technically wrong film, but I don't oh, know. Yeah, that's close enough. <laughs> Did you put your forehammer up on the wall specifically for today? No. I mean, that's not actually Mjolnir either. That's, okay. that's the Doomhammer from Warhammer. Oh, okay. Uh, War, uh, Warcraft, sorry, not Warhammer. It was downstairs and I had to move it because we've got the Halloween stuff down there. So that was one thing that had to be moved. And I was walking around the house, swinging it, pretending Ruining to be... Ruining the aesthetic of Halloween. my aesthetic. So yeah, I was walking around the house for about an hour, pretending to be Thor. Okay. Um, just hitting things, people <laughs> and dogs with it. Were you being like, you know, not a pat or... All powerful white god, but just the butt of all jokes at the same time as well. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. I wasn't listening to what Amy was telling me things like, Stop doing it. Why are you such a child? Put that away. Don't hit that. Why have you broken this? I wasn't listening because I'm Thor, God of Thunder, and yeah. I didn't have to listen. Just like, Shush, Jane, or I'll dump you. <laughs> it would be a mutual dumping. Shh. Or anyway. Oh, cool, Loki. <laughs> he'll come round he'll set Lando off he'll make terrible jokes and he'll fuck everything up yeah see yeah that's clever now are you anyway I'm going to swing my hammer and it's going to pull me off <laughs> oh, I wish I could do a South African accent yeah you and me both moment right now. I've been practising nope still can't do it anyway to your phone quickly 1997 Oh God! Is it, is it that time of the month already? This is what I mean when I say I'm running out of <laughs> running out. Yeah, of time. absolutely, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> we got like what seven episodes after this, three of which are Christmas. Fuck yeah, we have. In two more years, I've got a, I've got a jam in it somewhere. <laughs> they make the most of this, guys, because yeah. then we get a week off. Yeah. Fuck you guys. And well, two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah, because we'll have the final episode recorded before the penultimate one. Oh, so that's a good point, If yes. you edit early enough this year, you can have two weeks off. I can have two whole weeks off. Yeah, two I've whole weeks. I've forgotten how to do this bullshit by the time we come back in January. Oh, come on. You know that's not true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, 97. Plus, when we come back in January, we'll have Ash to... <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Guide, <laughs> ease us back into the... Ash, year. tell them what you like about this. <laughs> 1997. <clears throat> this year is noted for a landslide... General election victory for the Labour Party under Tony Blair, the transfer of Hong Kong, the largest remaining British colony, to China, and the death of Diana, Princess of Wales. Oh, yeah. Queen of our hearts. Yeah. Uh, got memorial plate, and I? <laughs> love Diana. Love the royals. Love the country. Eight foreigners. Simple. 
Don't take that out of context. <laughs> we like to call him Gammon. Really. Gammon. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that, another personality was yeah. born. <laughs> He's Gammon Rune is my least favourite of all the Runes. To be fair. You would... No, I can't say that. That'll give me trouble. <laughs> yeah. Especially in the current climate. I forget I said anything. <laughs> Carry on. Kevin Keegan stuns the football world by announcing his resignation as manager of FA Premier League title chasers, Newcastle United. He had been in charge of the club since February 92, when they were on the brink of relegation from the old Football League second division, but swiftly turned their fortunes around as they won promotion to the FA Premier League in 1993 and have finished in the top six every season since then including the last football season where they were narrowly beaten to the title by Manchester United. I remember, I remember this because I remember being mind blown. Mm. I was like, what, 16, 15, 16 at this point. Mm. And just like, I thought everybody in football, whether you're a player, a manager or whatever you were, had like dream job. Like, there were no downsides to it whatsoever. <laughs> then, like, about 10 years later, I was like, oh, I understand why he left now. <laughs> the pressure, like, he's in Newcastle. That entire city is football mad. It must be like a goldfish. Oh, I thought you were saying, he's in Newcastle. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> Newcastle, man. I mean, he was a Geordie as well. Oh. Kevin Keegan, so... Was he? Yeah, he was a Geordie. It's even worse. Yeah. How did you, like, talk to anyone? <laughs> Between the, their two fucking accents. No one would fucking understand each other. I, I just remember thinking it was mind-blowing and then, like, growing up and being like, oh, no, I totally understand it now. <laughs> no, I get it now. <laughs> I completely get it now. Uh, the Conservative Party government loses its majority in the House of Commons after the death of Ian Mills MP. Uh, a jury at the Old Bailey rules that 86-year-old Sismon Sarah Finowitz is unfit to stand trial on charges of murdering Jews during the Holocaust. East 17 singer Brian Harvey is dismissed from the band after publicly commenting that the drug ecstasy is safe. Can you believe it? In the 90s, in the 90s, when Noel Gallagher gave his, like, legendary speech about how taking drugs was like putting sugar on your cornflakes in the morning, yeah, he got sacked from East 17 for being like, that's no, not that bad. Yeah, but that's the thing. It was he was in the wrong band to do that. You can't be in a pop, in a fucking pop star boy, boy band, band yeah. and say that taking drugs is caught, cool. especially ecstasy, in the late nineties yeah. when you know the government has finally caught up to what had been happening for the yeah. last five years, and we're like, oh, people taking lots of ecstasy, right? No, we're cracking down on that. And yeah, it was the wrong time, wrong place to do it. Do you remember Richard Bankin got? Uh, Got fired from Blue oh, Peter. That's a name I haven't heard in a while. <laughs> I, I only remembered it because I saw an article with him yeah, about a week ago where he was like, probably shouldn't have done coke and got caught if I wanted to stay on Blue Peter. Yeah, that's <laughs> not really the sort of job that allows drug use, which is funny because everywhere else at the BBC yeah. runs off their tits. Off but their Blue tits. Blue Peter. Abusing children. <laughs> you know. I mean, what the fuck? But if you're on Blue Peter. That's that. A higher standard. Yeah. The Court of Appeal rules that Miss Diane Blood of Leeds can be inseminated with her dead husband's sperm. Mrs. Blood had been challenging for the right to use the sperm of her husband, Stephen, since just after his death two years ago. I remember that. I don't remember it, but when I saw that, I was like... I remember it retroactively, because at the time, I... Yeah, we were too young to really, really care. Didn't really know anything about it. Um, but yeah, I remember reading about it after the fact. I think it's so ethically questionable. Is it? Because had like just because he was married to her, 
doesn't necessarily mean that he actually wanted to be a father. I know he's dead now. Yeah, true. But you're kind of being That's like... kind of the way I wanted to be a father. <laughs> dead. <laughs> already dead. Well, I could help you out. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. I've already done bloody nine years of this bullshit. <laughs> Done the hard bit. It's all done the hard bit. It's the fun bit now. starts now. He's not. A, he's not a girl, so I don't have to worry about the whole awkward teens bit. You know, getting pregnant and shit. And if he gets someone pregnant, he's out on his fucking ear. <laughs> <laughs> I remember we were like sixteen, and I think no, no, we were a bit older than sixteen, probably seventeen, eighteen. And you got your first girlfriend, and I come round to your house. And there was like a lifetime supply of condoms in your bedroom where from given to you as presents from family members. Everyone, they were like, right, he's got his first... I swear my parents just phoned up the entire fucking family. Right, he's got his first serious girlfriend. He's doing the sex scenes. Everyone. I know he's about four years later than everyone else. But (laughs) at least he's not gay. He's not gay, which is all we're worried about. Yeah. But if everything works like it should... He's going to need condoms. Yeah. He's a broke-ass student who spends all his money on booze and Warhammer. So, yeah, condoms, everyone. And it was the most awkward Christmas I've ever had. I don't know, just every, like, as far as the eye could see, we're just like <laughs> family-sized boxes of condoms in your room. And you I'm know just the best like, thing? How much sex do they think you're going to have? Do you know the best thing? <laughs> you probably never used we, them. No, we used all of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, can't, I can't often brag about my sex life. But, yeah, we used every single one of those fucking things. Not anymore, anyway. Not anymore, no. Jurors at the inquest into the death of Stephen Lawrence ruled that the black teenager was unlawfully killed in a completely unprovoked racist attack by five white youths. <gasps> All these years on the thing still. Yeah, and it's just like, that, that. everyone was like, no, this is it. This is a watershed. This yeah. is a real pivotal... Mu- no. I remember no. that. I, that was such a big deal that even at 15, 16 years old, you could not you avoid escape it. that, no. no. It was literally like being mentioned in the school yeah. by staff and everything. It was like, it was unavoidable. Yeah. Scientists at the Roslyn Institute announced the birth of cloned sheep named Dolly <laughs> seven months after the fact. Yeah, I remember seeing that as well. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, me too. I, I, well, I, what I, happened no, with that? I mean, come on, I wanted really cheap steaks and things that were just going to be cloned and no. Do you think a cloned steak would be tastier than that than i think it would taste exactly the same steak. as the steak it was the, the the animal it was cloned from obviously depending on how that animal was uh raised or whatever or how the steak was treated but yeah could they can we, do it it's just horrendously expensive could we clone like a half cow half sheep to get like a beef lamb hybrid lamb yeah because <laughs> um, I'd, I'd have a roast lamb dinner every week i don't like that do you not? No. You're fucking weird. It'd have to be beef and pork. Ugh. Bork. Ugh. Beef. <laughs> yeah. That's not a world I want to live in. <laughs> All right. So you're fine with cow-sheep hybrids. Yeah. Not cow-pig hybrids. I don't eat pork, so. because you're fucking weird. Pork's fucking weird. I can right. say that, people, because this isn't a religious thing. This is just him being weird. All right. Can we, can we go beef-chicken combo? So like a mixed race mm. meat. Fuck <laughs> my life. <laughs> <laughs> Just chicken breast and steak. Mixed race. <laughs> <laughs> you may need to cut that one out. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh yeah, I think that's coming out. I don't think we can get away with that. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Or you could do like the, the cow and Tuna. 
Get your surf and turf. Uh, that cow and lobster. Ooh, yeah. posh, posh yeah. surf and turf. Yeah. yeah, no, I could go for that, yeah. Yeah, I could go for that. Oh, we want some lobster. 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, it works back to low, doesn't it? Yeah. Being the leader of the party holding a majority after the general election, <clears throat> Tony Blair MP is appointed Prime Minister of the United Kingdom by the Queen. Wow. Katrina and the Waves win the Eurovision Song Contest with the song Love, Love Shine a Light, the first time the UK has won the competition since 1981. That song is awful. Yeah. Manchester United win the FA Premier League title for the fourth time in five seasons without kicking a ball, as their last remaining contenders, Newcastle and Liverpool, fail to win their penultimate games of the season. Again, I'm just really kind of putting salt in the wounds that Man United are a fucking joke these days. <laughs> Harrods owner, Mohammed Al-Fayed, buys Fulham. FC, newly promoted. Oh, he bought the town of Fulham. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I wouldn't put it past him. No, not would I. Uh, Charlie Cray, 71-year-old brother of the Cray twins, is found guilty of planning a £39 million cocaine smuggling deal and is subsequently jailed for 12 years. Oh. Wait, at 79? 71. 71? Yeah. Jesus, that's well, insane. I mean, he doesn't need even a tenth of 39 million. No. To get through these remaining couple of years of life. Jesus. I mean, yeah, he's, he's not... Let's face it, guys. He's, he, he was he was there in London back in the day. Yeah. So he was up breathing lead and asbestos and fuck knows what else. He's only got a couple of years left. Yeah. It's just going to be a burden on the prison system when he needs medical care. And rather than going to the private hospital he would have paid for with his own money... Yeah, with his 39 mil. With his 39 mil. I mean... Weird. It's the 90s. Like, coke was everywhere. I don't know who you think you're stopping. Richard Bacon. Busting, aside from Richard Bacon. <laughs> busting this one person. Yeah, this one... Even if it was 39 million, that was a drop in the ocean yeah. of 90s cocaine. So I was going to say, like, if he could do one deal for 39 million... Yeah. Think of the billions... That got made in the coke trade in the nineties yeah. in this country. It's, uh, but it was a high profile one, wasn't it? The old, the, the the blue nonces loves that because it's a big high profile thing. Look, look, he was late to the craze and he was doing a bad thing, and we stopped him because we're the thin blue line. We're that's what heroes do. <laughs> <laughs> you timed that way better for. <laughs> and then they just went back and fucked a kid, or a fucking you know sexually assaulted a sexual uh, uh, assault victim. I'm allowed. I'm allowed. I've got my badge on. I'll stop Ronnie. I'll stop Ronnie. I do one good thing. I get to do ten bad things. That's right. That's how it works, isn't it? Because that's what heroes do. <laughs> we are the Met, motherfuckers. Met, motherfucker. There's 15,000 in my gang. How many in yours? Yeah, this is where we come when we, you know, bad parts of society and we want to just abuse our power. We join the Met. Fucking nonsense. Fucking pricks. <laughs> In Manchester United signed the England national football team striker Teddy Sheringham from Tottenham Hotspur for 3.5 million. This was a sad day for me. And we gave him shit when he come back to the lane a year later. <laughs> uh, Tracy Andrews is found guilty of murdering her fiance, Lee Harvey, who was stabbed to death on a Worcestershire country lane nearly eight months before this in what she claimed was a road rage attack. Andrews, 28, is sentenced to life imprisonment with a recommended minimum of 14 years. Do you remember this one? No, I actually. do. I remember this one. How can you explain it as a road rage incident when it's your partner? Because they pulled up at this junction. I actually saw a documentary about it. Of course you did. Sociopath. <clears throat> well, carry on. Carry they on. pulled up to this junction and he got out of the car. I can't remember exactly why he got out of the car, but then she got out of the car, stabbed him, right? 
Then she called the police <laughs> and said, uh, we pulled up at this junction mm. um, and this black man in, a, in another car pulled up next to us. They got in an argument and he stabbed him. And I'm just an innocent bystander. Uh, okay. But, you know, the blue Nazis stopped being blue Nazis for like 10 minutes and they managed to piece it together. And well, they no, they figured it. once they've got her in cuffs and in custody, mate. Uh, you know, yeah. if it'd been the other way around, they wouldn't have bothered because you know, there's, there's, they don't like the gays in no. the blue nonce brigade. So, uh, but you know, abusing children's fine, but if you want to touch another man, fuck off. Um, <laughs> I have to jump in at this juncture, right? Because this is 1997, so this is what well, the eighth year that we've done, right? Yeah. And this I- is the most anti-police we've ever been. Yeah, for some bizarre reason. Yeah. Um. But, like, I pulled up the Wikipedia page. I'm going through it to find the events of the year. Every other event of 1997 is a murder or a rape. <laughs> Jesus. Honestly, pull up the Wikipedia. Every other one is a murder or a rape. I could have done 45 minutes content <laughs> just on murder just and rape murders and rapes in 1997. It's wow. like every time you turn around, someone was getting murked. But <laughs> my memory of 1997, aside from a couple of these that I remember, was that it just the entire country was in a good mood. Yeah, I don't remember much of it, to be honest. It, the mood kind of tailed off towards the end of the year, and then it, we, it all went downhill after that. But <laughs> 1997, for the most part, was still, everyone was in a real good mood. The whole country had that yeah. kind of 90s buzz it was, still. It was, yeah, it was the birth of cool Britannia. And yet people were getting murked left, right, and centre. Weird. An 11-year-old Bedfordshire boy is due to become Britain's youngest father. As his 15-year-old girlfriend is expecting a baby. I remember that. I yeah. remember this as well because it was just fucking was outrage. Thing, yeah. yeah. This was outrage on an unprecedented level before Twitter. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is when you had to you had to ferment outrage and, and this is probably why your parents away. bought you like 800 condoms. I would imagine so, yes. <laughs> the funeral of Diana, Princess of Wales, takes place at Westminster Abbey, uh, followed by a private burial at the estate of the Earl Spencer in Althorpe, Northamptonshire. The Earl Spencer, brother of Diana, attacks the royal family's treatment of Diana in his funeral eulogy. TV coverage of the funeral is hosted by both BBC and ITV, attracting an audience of more than 32 million, which falls just short of the national TV audience record set by the England national football team victorious World Cup final in 1966. Did you see any of it? Uh... I don't think so. I think I watched it all. Yeah, I must have seen some of it, but it clearly didn't make much of an impact on me. No, you're a sociopath. I am a sociopath. I can't I remember if it, it was the day after she died or the day of the funeral, but we'd had a big family party, and I remember something being on the TV about it while I was helping wash the glasses and shit from the night before. I, was I remember just... that. I remember that more. I remember the party more clearly than anything else. They say it. that everybody remembers where they were. When JFK was shot, right? But in Britain, I'm pretty sure the majority of non-sociopaths remember where they were when they found out the princess died. I mean, to be fair, I was what, 15? I was 15, but I remember it vividly. I was in Cyprus. You're weird, though. I was in Cyprus on holiday. Me and my dad, it was raining. We couldn't go out. So me and my dad went swimming in the outdoor swimming pool because why not? Why not? And then we come back to the little villa thing and my mum was in tears and told us that Diana had died. I just didn't care. I I can't say that I was like, oh, Queen of Hearts. But it's been memorial plate to wipe away the tears. It seemed significant enough to me that I paid attention to it. Much like when, like, 
when we first went into lockdown, I hadn't watched the news in years. I had no, <laughs> no clue what had gone on. I remember, like, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't even find out that Malaysian plane went missing for, like, five days. <laughs> and I only knew that because I walked into the canteen at work and it was on the news on TV. Otherwise, I still wouldn't have known. But, like, when we went into lockdown, it seemed pretty significant event yeah and i watched the press conferences for the first few weeks every day t- to keep on top of what the rules were and <laughs> yeah. you know what rules they were breaking but we had to keep but we to- had to abide by and this is exactly the same this was the same kind of feeling i had of like this is a momentous moment in british history i should really pay attention to it I mean, it was first time that the the british the the, the british royal family had overtly murdered yeah. someone in such a public way since like the last time we had a fucking war about it <laughs> or chopped someone's head off. It, yeah. But I suppose Much like, a, a crash in a tunnel is a little bit more subtle than just marching someone to a gallows. Yeah. Re- entertaining though. The release of Elton John's Candle Wind and Wind <laughs> remade <laughs> as a tribute to Diana, Princess of Wales. Uh, this will be the second best-selling single worldwide of all time. It's awful. Oh, yeah. Don't get me, the original Candle, Wind, Candle in the Wind is a brilliant song and I love it a lot. But the 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 remake version of it. I don't think I've even heard the original. Oh, mate, it's like someone shit in a bucket, and then went, "Oh, for you, Diana!" And it's yes, yeah, it's, it's hot garbage. Eight months after leaving Newcastle United, Kevin Keegan returns to football as director of football at Division Two club Fulham. Money bags Fulham. Oh, uh, money bags Fulham. If someone's paying him to come yeah. back. <laughs> Andy Green driving the Frost SSC sets a new land speed record of 763.035 miles per hour. The first time the sound barrier has been broken on land. I remember that. Yeah? Yeah. I don't know why that's that's up with me. I'm not a car person nor a sound barrier person. No, but I have vague recollections of seeing like what looked like bobsleighs with wheels flying across the desert very, very fast. Salt flats, Yeah. yeah. Tottenham Hotspur, the struggling Premier League club, appoints Swiss coach Christian Gross as their manager. And he was shit. <laughs> but I don't mind sitting here calling them struggling Premier League club today because we are top of the fucking league, bitches. <laughs> the British Library opens its first public reading room at its new uh, London site on the Euston Road. I've, I nearly got a job there. Did you really? I think well, you would have been uh, good British at British Library, I nearly got a job. Actually, no, I, I don't. You're far too loud. No, I know, mate. You ain't seen me in a fucking library. For a librarian. I really, mur- I nearly murdered people when I had to go to the library the other day and they weren't being quiet. I'm, oh, really? I'm looking around and I'm like, what the fucking hell are the librarians? Can you tell these motherfuckers to shut up? Um, but they didn't. Yeah, I nearly got a job there when I was looking for a job the other year. Um, they, I, I applied for this job and I just assumed, which library? It's going to be down in London. I was like, I don't really want to commute to London, but for a job at the British Library, I'll commute to London. Um and they were they they phoned me up and they were like yeah hey, that's great we would love your CV when you when can you come in for an interview we're really keen to talk to you. Oh, and did I was you like, oh. put in bold letters at the top like in year I don't know five? I'll, I'll, <laughs> in year five, I, I was told that I read it at an adult level. <laughs> no, I didn't bother doing that. <laughs> oh, cool. um, I thought I would have been in the special skill section. <laughs> I went till I had it on the phone. <laughs> yeah, okay. so anyway, in year five, um, <laughs> I've read Don Quixote, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they were like, yeah, really I was like, yeah, great, okay. I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I'm unemployed at the moment, so you know, you tell me. And they're like, okay, great, we'll send the details over. They sent the details over with an address for the interview, and it was up in fucking Doncaster. Yeah, I think. And I, I was have... like, um, appears to have been a breaking communications here. Why is he in Doncaster? Oh, because that's where the position is. 
Yeah, for, yeah, I thought it was going to be in London. <laughs> oh, shit. No, I can't do like a five-hour commute every day no. just to get to work. <laughs> yeah. I was really disappointed because I was like, I could get a job at the British Library. That would be awesome. But then I didn't. I've been applying for a lot of jobs recently. And yet like, the British Library in Doncaster. No, unfortunately <laughs> not. Drop my name. You'll <laughs> yeah. be a shoe in, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I was told in year seven that I read uh, like the same age of like a six-year-old. So <laughs> I was told last year by my friend that I read like a jellyfish. <laughs> Don't know what that means, but it felt noteworthy. <laughs> It means that no bones get broken during the, the turning of pages. <laughs> he reads an ebook. Yeah. <laughs> he just floats there with a Kindle in front of him, <laughs> asking me to explain simple words every five seconds. <laughs> yeah, I have to step in. And, I'd have to go to the interview with you, and every time you got stuck for a word, I'd have to step in yeah. and provide you that word. Yeah, but like, is he going to actually come to work with you every now? No, no, no. He's yeah, just I. Have, I've been applying for sensible jobs that I want, but I did apply for one weird job the other day. Oh, really? Yeah. I think everyone has to do that when you're applying for jobs. A PA to a social media influencer. <laughs> I applied. God, I hope you get that. Me too. I really hope I do. <laughs> Friday, I applied for it. Saturday, I was sent a reply asking me to do some um, assessments. Yeah. So I did them yesterday, and uh, yeah, I'm just waiting to hear. <laughs> Going to go and learn what it means to be a social media influencer. (laughs) Or the bitch of a social media influencer. 180 episodes in, I'm going to learn. Hang on a minute. I've just got to phone up uh, Reed Recruitment, tell them to cancel the ad. (laughs) I did. As I saw it, I was like, huh, Rooney's trying to replace me. (laughs) I mean, Ash is right there. (laughs) German striker Jürgen Klinsmann, who spent... The 94-95 season at Tottenham returns to the club um, in a move from Sampdoria as manager Christian Gross attempts to drag the North London side clear of relegation, <laughs> which he did successfully, <laughs> and then went on to be a terrible manager. Uh, Iron Man and Partridge and Brass Iron make their debut on British TV. Aha! Uh-huh. Smell Jesus. my cheese, you knobber. <laughs> Sunday. Bloody Sunday. I feel... <laughs> I, uh, back of the net. Um, I really thought it was earlier. I yeah. thought it was like 94, 95. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was it was like ninety four at the latest ninety seven. Jeez, I need to. I, I mean, I didn't watch that again. Just, oh yeah, me too. I didn't see just, how badly it's aged. <laughs> I, I I watched it a couple of years ago. It's still funny. I watched the 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 the, the travel lodge. Oh yeah, that's the best one season. Yeah, I, I watched some of that. Of, I was about to say a couple of years ago, but it was before lockdown, so it was quite a few years ago now, and. I enjoyed it. Yeah. it. It hadn't aged so terribly, probably because I was just reliving something I already knew. But we found it later. We didn't find it in '97. We found it in the early 2000s. Yeah, early noughties. Uh, um, Rivers House. Rivers House. Yeah, because yeah. he used to watch that on repeat. So my brother told me to watch it. It's brilliant. Sit and watch it. Sit and, and watch it <laughs> for about four months. That's all. Sit we and did. watch it while yeah. I drink this entire crate of Stella, <laughs> and then we'll put the office on. Channel 5 is launched as Britain's fifth terrestrial TV channel. Now, do you remember this? Yeah. I've, they really needn't have bothered. No. Well, I don't know. The first couple of years, Channel 5 was pretty cool. It did have that midnight to quarter past midnight nudie slot. Yeah, it's like cool. late night 
film so you would get like we talked about this loads of times like total recalls oh, yeah true they running have around, a lot of the old 80s films on there late night from like half 10 till 12 and then yeah. after 12 it becomes softcore porn channel yeah Eve, Eve. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay you know when some, as soon as you opened your mouth I would just have this flashback to oh my god Eve you mean <laughs> You, me, and Dal watching whatever that program's got. Oh, sorry, you and me watching it while Dal made prank phone calls. Um, um, threesome. It's called Threesome. It's called Threesome, yeah. Where he, he was a photographer and he used to just bang every model that turned up. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> was he... Oh, not all... He was a photographer... He was with a girl named Eve. Eve would bang him, and then he'd be like, Eve, Eve. and then he'd have and to get involved. Have have a yeah. yeah, but a threesome where you never saw anything more than titties. Yeah, because and um, where they just basically rubbed pelvises together. For you and me watching that, and Dow just on the phone going, <laughs> "Hi, it's John there." Just <laughs> like, working his way through the fucking phone book, just dialing random numbers. But back, I mean, you can tell how long ago this was. This was back at my parents' house. Yeah. Using their landline. Before call to ID or any of that yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, mate. Could, I mean, retrospective, at the time, they were good times. Oh, they were. Well, there was something, there was a larger thing. There was play. a lot going on which yeah, led yeah. to that, but at the time, at that the time, was fun. Those particular moments those were Those particular hilarious. moments were very good. If some <laughs> dickhead phoned me at two o'clock in the morning and asked if John was there, I tell you, I would fucking <laughs> throttle You're them. just like, what the fuck am I? Oh, it's John there. Yeah. Are you watching threesome, you wanker? Yeah. It's 2023. What are you doing? My wife won't let me have normal fun. <laughs> Oasis released their highly anticipated third album, Be Here Now, on the 21st Ooh. of August. It sold 695 1,761 copies in its first three days and 813,000 copies in its first week. As of 2023, it is the fastest selling album in UK history. Does not surprise me. Radiohead's third album, OK Computer, was released in June and topped the UK charts for two weeks. Met with widespread critical acclaim, it was voted the greatest album of all time by Q Magazine. Readers barely months after its release. <laughs> it is a good album. It's not the greatest album of all time. Though. Do you know what? I've never listened to it. Oh, it's a good album. It's one of those things. It's, it's one of those things. It's like, um, oh, fucking, what's, what was George Lucas's thing he did before Star Wars? THX 1368 or whatever it's called. Yeah, it's like, it's one of those things. And, and for a lot of people, it's like reading War and Peace or Don Quixote. It's one of those things you always mean to do because I've it's culturally it. significant. I've seen THX. I've, I've seen about half of it. Yeah. Um, it was all right. Yeah, it just wasn't great. No. Um, but it's one of those things that's on my list, and everyone has that list of things. Oh, yeah, they of course, do yeah. Because they're, they're, they're culturally significant. And, yeah. yeah. And I've just never got around to it because I keep discovering, like, dwarf metal and <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> if they did a pirate-themed album, I'd, uh, yeah, I have to admit... I didn't listen to it in nine. I was I only ever. It was Karma in... Pirates. So I'd have been all over it, man. <laughs> Paranoid Android is a bit too close to my life. <laughs> hey. Um, I'd prop. I did. I didn't hear anything other than like, no surprises. Karma Police, Paranoid Android, because they yeah. were the singles in '97. Because I was firmly in the Oasis camp yes. of like, fuck all them and their fucking pseudo-intellectual music. I don't need that bollocks. I like rock and roll. about drugs and rock and roll. Yeah, about five years later, when I actually sat down and <laughs> took it in, I was like, this is quite good. 
<laughs> Compared to just five years earlier, single sales were very high this year. From the 22nd of June right through to the end of the year, every single number one sold at least 100,000 copies a week. Like the previous year, 24 singles topped the chart, double as many as in 1992. Oh, wow, okay. Spice Girls continued their success from 1996, <laughs> once again getting three number ones. The first was the double A-side songs, Mama and Who Do You Think You Are?, the latter of which was the comic relief single for 1997. Yes. They, uh, this ensured the group become the first act after their first four singles all reached number one. This was followed by Spice Up Your Life in October. That was a terrible song. And Too Much in December, which once again gave them the Christmas number one single. You know, the more I think about it, the Spice Girls weren't actually that bad. No. I'm just like thinking about some of these songs and I'm like, no, no, some of them are solid, are solid songs. I liked Who Do You Think? Who do you think you are? Do you think you are? Yeah. Move it, shake it, something, crack it. Who do you think you are? <laughs> mash it, mash it, boil it. Pop it. <laughs> Fry it. Who do you think you are? Put them in a stew. <laughs> I, I think at the time it was like they kind of made the Spice Girls this whole girl power yeah, they were thing. A phenomena. And they were a phenomena and they were like anti-Britpop. And yeah like lad culture and all that shit and that's that's what they were positioned as yeah of which course is, you know really that that's that one of the keys to their success yeah brian molko saw them come along and was like oh crap oh man <laughs> i was gonna i've been trying to do this for a few years i've now. been doing this fucking years now and these fuckers come along with a union jack dress oh crap. go back to whining about being an alcoholic but not really yeah i should have got union jack now pain <laughs> and then they might have wanted me <laughs> I could have been Ginger Spice. I say like, I could have been Ginger Spice. Because <laughs> he's got a very nasally voice. Yeah. Um, Hi, Brian. If you're out there, shout out to you. The Get Spice Girls weren't half as bad as I thought they were when I was no, like 15, 16. I just didn't like them, I think, because my little brother was into them. <laughs> Six singles released this year went on to sell over a million copies. The first to do so was Puff Daddy and Faith Evans' I'll Be Missing You, a tribute to the late rapper, the notorious B.I.G., <laughs> In November and December, three consecutive number ones all sold over a million copies Damn. for only the third time in UK chart history. It previously happened in 84 and 95 slash 96. These were, and they're all fucking terrible. <laughs> no, two of the three are terrible, sorry. Aqua's Barbie Girl. <laughs> the Children in Need charity single Perfect Day and Teddy Tubby's Etoh. The theme tune to the popular children's television series. What the Teletubbies. fuck? I didn't even realise that had been released as a single. So that those three are all terrible. But in addition, All Saints Never Ever was released in November and also sold over a million, though it wouldn't reach number one until January 98. Unpopular opinion. I like, I like that All Saints song. Aqua's Barbie Girl is better than All Saints Never Ever. If you are not familiar with Barbie Girl by Aqua... Where the fuck have you been living for the last, like, 30 years? One of the uh, Every Other Week podcasts either opens with it or closes with it. I can't remember, remember which way around. Google so, that shit. I'm trying to send it <laughs> Oh, over. Like, okay. So go listen to that. You get some no, fun chat. No, I mean Google Every Other Week with a zero instead of an O. Yeah. And uh, listen to Barbie Girl there. Yeah. Um, You think Barbie Girl's better than Never Ever? Yeah. No. I'm not just not a fan of... of all Saints in general, to be honest. Me, like, I'm, I can't say I'm the biggest fan of All Saints, but come on, Barbie Girl's just Euro trash. I, just, I like a bit of Euro trash. 
<laughs> I like a little bit of electronic music these days. Fun. Yeah, I know, but that's not even music. <laughs> oh, come on. Hey, Bobby. Hey, Ken. It's basically an annoying radio jingle spread out to like <laughs> yeah. three and a half minutes. It's brilliant. <laughs> Finally. In November, The Prodigy released Smack My Bitch Up, which received huge international <laughs> media attention due to the fact that many people believed it to be misogynistic and or that it promotes violence against women. Some stores refused to stock the single and or album from which it came. I remember that. And yeah. some radio stations refused to play it. A graphic video showing bad behaviour on the part of the protagonist in the music video led to its showing on television being greatly restricted. Yeah. Unless you had, like, the box. The box, because Because the box it would be on care. constantly. Yeah. Or you put, like, MTV2 on, or, or MTV on. For anyone under the age of, uh, of 40, yeah. the box was a TV channel back in the days when they were an actual thing, and you could text into them or phone into them and request a song. Yeah. And if they got X amount of requests for a song, they put it on. So, of course... Everyone yeah. just requested that. So you just like wake up, put it on, having your cornflakes while you went to school, and they will smack my bitch up. Oh, if you've just finished, <laughs> you know, watching the soft cold porn on channel five at like <laughs> half past midnight, and then you switch to MTV, it's pretty much on like every other song. You could use Rooney's <laughs> parents' phone line to phone yeah. up the two pound a minute line to request songs. <laughs> Hang on, I didn't do that. No, Dad did that. Oh, did he really? I did it once. Oh, no. Yeah. I only did it a couple times, to be fair, and then we realised after I got collared. <laughs> fucking, what's this £2 charge? Um. Oh, fuck, that was the box. <laughs> yeah, okay. What's the box? Is it at least sexy? No, no. it's just music videos. What were you listening to? Smack my bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. I don't even think that's what we were asking for. I think we were asking for take what from fucking uh, Be Here Now. Yeah, probably. Knowing us back then. Yeah. Right. Do you want some average prices in 1997? Oh, come on. Depress me. I'm in too much of a good mood. Milk. 35p. 35p. Bread. 71p. Okay. One and a half. I've got these next two. I've never found these average prices before. But we have a baker. Number nine is a baker, and she makes the most incredible cakes. Okay. So I thought if anybody knows what the price of flour and sugar are, it would be her. <laughs> so these two are for you. One and a half kilograms of flour, 60p. Is that good? Bad? No. Indifferent? <laughs> Number nine, let us know. Uh, one kilogram of sugar, 76p. That's why I have my tea. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I would say, like, if you're getting... A kilogram or more of anything, and it's costing you less, less than, than a pound. pound. Yeah, no, it's pretty good. good. Now, your absolute favourite. Oh yeah. Do you know want to know the average price of a house in 1997? Two pints and a packet of crisps. <laughs> Nearly sixty-three thousand seven hundred oh. pounds. Oh, I just died a little bit inside. A car? Do you want to know how much a car costs? Oh, Christ! I'm trying to remember what it was for the last one. Good luck. I even I don't know. Yeah, and I no, made the no notes idea. and read the notes. Twelve thousand two hundred. Oh. Finally, do you want to know what the average salary was in '97? <laughs> which might cheer you up a little bit. Twenty-five k. Sixteen thousand and fifty-five pounds. Fucking hell! Were we all just like doing paper rounds or something? We all just worked at Tesco. <laughs> People were like earning an average salary of sixteen grand, and you know, putting like. 12 grand of that straight up their nose as it was the 90s <laughs> right do you want some notable album releases yes of the 90s yes I do and these are notable to me so fuck you <laughs> awesome Oasis be here now Radiohead OK Computer mm-hmm. The Verve Urban Hymns Urban Hymns Blur by Blur Fat of the Land by The Prodigy oh yeah Dig Your Own Hole by The Chemical Brothers 
Life After Death by the Notorious B.I.G., Around the Fur by Deftones, Nimrod by Green Day, <laughs> Ladies and Gentlemen, We Are All Floating in Space by Spiritualized, and In It for the Money by Supergrass. Uh, These are my my notable album releases. But if you look at some, like, if you look at Be Here Now, OK Computer, Urban Hymns and Blur, basically the death of Britpop right there. Yeah. That was where basically all the bands that had you know, basically formed like, Britpop. Crested the wave of Britpop. Uh, yeah. And then <laughs> they, they, this was kind of like, they, this was shedding the skin of Britpop and they kind of did other stuff and everyone was like... Well, Be Here oh. Now was just... Is just what happens when you do too when much do, coke and you don't have when you have unlimited studio access and unlimited drugs and nobody sober in the studio to be like you might want to rethink the length of that song yeah you might want to rethink the six extra guitar solos on that one and you might want to write some bad lyrics to that one. Fun fact about being here now, it was stuck in one of my CD players for about three years because it was the only the CD player was dying. Um, and it's one I used to use. It's the CD player I used to use when I was painting my Warhammer figures. Oh, okay. And it was stuck in there for, like I said, about two and a half, three years because the CD player was knackered and the only CD it would play reliably was What's that. that? Okay. So it was just basically, and I'd be like, oh, I'm going to go down. I'll spend like three or four hours. I just put the album on, let it run through once. That's a good and five hours. That was hours a good five of... hours of, of, yeah, music. <laughs> okay, computer was. It was. It was not Britpop. No. At all. I, I would never really class Radiohead as a Britpop. No, they, they get thrown in with there. it and it doesn't make sense. But OK Computer was definitely not a Britpop album no. any way, shape or form. It was what it was the heralding of pretty much what came next. Yeah. Uh, Urban Hymns was very much a Britpop album, but it was the pinnacle of what The Verb did. The Verb would never ever reached no, any that was, anywhere yeah. near there and blur by blur is the least Britpop album you will ever hear yes it's when graham coxon was just like fuck all this fuck all this right i'm writing the song yes yeah. <laughs> and i like like you know scuzzy american yeah. pavement and shit like that yeah we're doing something i want to do now i've done three albums of your I've done three albums of your bullshit your singing about fucking quaint british bullshit i'm gonna <laughs> go and do something like this now but like prodigy and the chemical brothers being out and together at the same time. Like, <laughs> what a good time for, like, alternative dance music. Yeah. Because I would never... They are dance music. They're yeah. rave music. But I would never compare them to the dance music we heard on the radio. They were different. Yeah. They, they, they were, were absolutely alternative dance music. Musicians dance music. making dance music. Yes. And then, you know, at this time in this uh, in this <laughs> country, we're coming down off of, like, Britpop. But in, in America, like... Green Day are just starting to gather momentum. <laughs> Deftones are doing what, what Deftones did. They hadn't quite arrived at this point, which is where they would a few years later with their next album, White Pony. But Around the Fur was definitely kind of cemented them mm. as a metal band to be listened to. Yeah, And it was probably their last last metal album because after that they'd become a lot, a lot more melodic and yeah. atmospheric and stuff. <laughs> Um, do you want to know best-selling singles? Yes. Of 1997. <laughs> I think you're going to like some of these. <laughs> Number 10. Spice Up Your Life. Spice Up Your Life. By the Spice Girls. Number 9. And if you were alive in the 90s <laughs> and you do not know this song, 
I don't know what the fuck you were doing. <laughs> Top thumping by Chumba Womp. Oh my god. I'd get knocked down, but then I got up again. again. You're never, never gonna, gonna keep me down. down. He oh, drinks a whiskey man. drink. He drinks a vodka drink. He drinks a larger drink. He drinks a cider drink. He drinks the songs that remind him of the good times. He sings songs that remind him of the better times. Oh, Danny boy. Danny boy. Danny boy. You're going to get a text in a minute. Like, what the fuck are you two singing Chumba Wamba? Amy expects this sort of shit. Number eight. And this is a tune. I would never have admitted it back in 1997 <laughs> through fear of being ridiculed, but this is a tune, <laughs> Torn, by Natalie and Brudia. It really is a good yeah, song. Yeah, he's a tune and a half. It got played to death on the radio. Oh, yeah. Area 11 did a cover of that when they released the cover people girl, have done covers of that, yeah. yeah. Um, next up is another brilliant song from the 90s, Don't Speak by No Doubt. That is a tune. That is a tune and a half. Yeah. Number six. Another brilliant song from the 90s. <laughs> Men in Black by Will Smith. Oh, mate, that's a banger. We cut shapes on many dance floors to this. Oh, God, yeah. yeah that still comes up periodically in my playlist. Oh, yeah. What is it? You're going to vibe with me. Just vibe. <laughs> Good guys dressed in black. Remember that. Just in case we have a case uh, face-to-face and make contact. Title held by me, MIP. Is what you think you saw. You, you did, did not see. see. <laughs> I used to know that. Word yeah, word. likewise. Wild, wild west. Oh. I'm embarrassing myself. No one's ever going to just sit on my face again, I tell you. Number five. Terrible, terrible song. <laughs> Teddy Tubby's Say Eto. Again, I don't, I don't think I've ever heard that song oh, before you in must, my life. You must have. I don't think so. Google it. I want to Google it. Oh, okay. I want to maintain this unbroken run. Number four, Perfect Day by Various Artists. Yeah. Number three, I'll Be Missing You by Puff Daddy and Faith Evans. Another unpopular opinion. I prefer the original. <sighs> that is <laughs> a very unpopular opinion on me because I can't stand the original, but... You don't like Sting? No. I mean, I don't particularly like Sting, just but... Don't, just don't like police in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> Number two, one's for you, Barbie Girl. Barbie Girl, number two. Number, number one, if you can't tell me this, then you've not been paying attention. <laughs> what was number one in 1997? I've not been paying attention, mate. It went on to become, <laughs> what, what did I say it was? Second biggest selling song of all time. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Oh, wait, that's the thing you said about earlier. Um, uh, The Candle in the Wind. Exactly. Double A side, Candle in the Wind 1997 and Something About the Way You Look Tonight by Elton John. Something About the Way You Look Tonight It's not a terrible song. Mm, I'm just not. You're not an Elton John fan. No. So I wouldn't expect that. <laughs> he's got one song I like. No, he's got two songs I like. Oh, Lord. Uh, Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting. Oh, yeah. And... That gets put on a lot of my party playlists. Yes. Because me and Amy both like that song. Benny and the Jets. Benny and the Jets. Is my God. Bonafide tune. <laughs> right. Best selling albums. Ooh. And uh, we've talked about a lot of them already. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Number 10. The best of Wham. If you were there by Wham. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, old people like Wham. I don't get it myself. but no- Number nine. Greatest hits by Eternal. Eternal? Fucking hell. Yeah. Jesus. Can you, like... No, I can't. <laughs> I know what you're going to ask. As, no, I can't. As soon as I said Eternal, I was like, oh, I remember them. I can't recall I can't a single recall a song. single fucking song. <laughs> Number eight, 
OK Computer by Radiohead. Yeah. Number seven, and this was definitely played in your house. <laughs> Let's talk about Love by Celine Dion. Oh, yes, it was. Number six, The Fat of the Lamb by The Progeny. Okay. Number five, Spice World by The Spice Girls. <laughs> Number four, and this shocked me. <clears throat> Is that another fucking Robson and Jerome? No, 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 no. <laughs> Robson and Jerome were dead and forgotten. They, they, they'd been buried by this yeah. point. Yeah. By, like, they'd made their money off them. <laughs> they'd been kicked to the curb. and They, they wouldn't just... do anything until one of them showed up as a uh, fucking Game of Thrones yeah. character. <laughs> no, this really blows my mind because I remember the artist and I remember how popular they, popular they were. But for them to be number four on this list with the likes of Radiohead and Progeny mm. blows my mind. White on Blonde by Texas. Wow. Number four, best-selling album of the year. Because, yeah, for a little while, that was everywhere. But yeah, Texas but... Always, appeared, always seemed to be really popular with a very, very, not necessarily silent, but quiet majority of music fans. Yeah. And I, I don't Mostly think I've ever Scotland. met a Texas fan. Because <laughs> yeah, you haven't been to Scotland. No, maybe, yeah. Um, oh, I just, like, Texas were a big band in the 90s. I'm not trying to take that away from them. But in 1997, when you compare <laughs> when you, White on yeah. Blonde to OK Computer and Fat of the Land, like, it just, just mind-boggling. Yeah. Number three, Spice by Spice Girls. Fucking hell, two of the top selling. And that was on last year's top ten. I was going to say, well. one of them was on last yeah. year's. Number two, Urban Hymns by The Verve. Solid choice, solid choice. So if you can't predict what another one is, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> What was Aqua's album called that year? Oh, it was um, Was There Then? <laughs> I'd be here now by Oasis. Obviously, yeah. Number one top-selling album of the year. In I remember my dad being really pissed off by that. What, it when was... it was announced, it was like the number one selling album of the year. He just had the right arse because I remember we were discussing the album. <laughs> Fucking Celine Dion. <laughs> we discussed it when it came out because he was never a fan of my music. Of course. Um, or the music I listened to anyway. No parents. Well, aside from my mum, no parents are no, fans in general, of they're music not. you listen to. No. Um, and I remember he was talking about it and he was like, no, nah, it's rubbish, it's derivative, it's blah, 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 blah. Oh, what's something Dion? I, I was just like, <laughs> okay. And then it was announced. Like, and <laughs> I was right. like, oh, wow, it's the number one best-selling album of the year. And he was like, oh, shit, people these days, no tasty music. <laughs> Just let me go and decide between my own John and my Celine Dion of what's going to go on next. <laughs> I can't decide if I'm a middle-aged woman or a gay man. <laughs> like father, like son. Yeah. <laughs> right, top ten highest grossing films. I'm a you. middle-aged gay man, I'll have you know. <laughs> Sorry, Amy, I'm not actually gay. <laughs> it's pronounced heteroflexible. Heteroflexible. I introduced my colleagues to that phrase the other day. Yeah, you told us already. Did I? Yeah. Wow. Okay, I don't remember that. <laughs> no, you did. Was this when um, the uh, the young guy whose girlfriend went back to America <laughs> was really freaked out at your insistence that Antonio Banderas, Banderas was fuckable? Oh, no, this is something this is else. Something else. Oh, this okay. is something else, yeah, and I had to remind them that the phrase they were looking for is heteroflexible. Okay, how did you describe the meaning of heteroflexible? I didn't need to because it all got really awkward and quiet. <laughs> and I just sat back and I was like, my work here is done. <laughs> Went back to listening to Gumchip. <laughs> <laughs> Top 10 highest grossing films at the UK box office. Oh, I couldn't tell you a single fucking film that came out that year. Oh, you you can. There's a few in here. I can. Off, off the top? No, I couldn't. The minute I say it, you're going to be like, of course, yeah. Okay. No, number 10, bringing in 11,547 grand 
at the UK box office. Yeah. Liar, liar. Oh, Jim Carrey. Yeah. I'm thinking of the fucking the used song. I'm like, oh, no, that, lies for the liars. Yeah. yeah that, oh, okay. Yeah, it's a Jim Carrey comedy. I think I saw it once. I think yeah. by the time Liar Liar had come out, I was so over Jim Carrey. Yeah, it's one of those films you can switch your brain off, watch it, laugh at the ridiculous like, of it, and then... I laughed at Ace Ventura. I kind of laughed at The Mask. I didn't like Ace Ventura. But I'm so... I, I don't know. I laughed at one of them. I kind of laughed. I, I quite liked The Mask. We watched that the other day, and then I realised there were bits in it that were really not appropriate for Cody to be watching. But it's fine. It was the 90s. It's just very tame compared to today. Just by this point, I was just so over Jim Carrey. I think a lot of people were. Playing the same role in every film. Yeah, this yeah. was one of his better ones, to be fair. Okay. I preferred this, I think, because he was less OTT. Yeah. It's more in the in the, the Bruce Almighty vein. Yeah. Didn't like that either. What? Did like Truman Show, though. Right, number nine. Bringing in £12,171,000 at the box office. Mm-hmm. First released in 1977. Oh, my. Star Wars A New Hope. Oh, this was the re-release. This is when I got to see them all in the cinema. Yeah, yeah. snap. Number oh, eight. Yeah, of course, 97. 97, Fuck yeah. yeah. Not only did we get B here now, we got... We got Star Wars we got again. re-released Star Wars on the big yeah. screen. It was a good year. Good, yeah, good I year. I hope like three times at the cinema. Oh, yeah, mate. I went so many times. I went with my parents, my friends, <laughs> on my own. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just could not stop paying one ninety nine to see Star yeah, Wars. One ninety nine to go and see Star Wars on the big screen. Yeah, of course. Fucking hell. Number eight. Bringing in 12706000 Ransom. Mel okay. Gib- Mel Gibson, right? Mel Gibson, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't say I've seen it. I've, it's actually not a bad film. Especially, it'd be even better... If Mel Gibson wasn't in it, because he does kind of detract because I don't know Mel Gibson. But okay. if it had had someone else, like Dennis Quaid, for instance. Okay. Yeah. I just sure. can't believe that some of these films I'm about to name made more than Star Wars, I would hope. <laughs> I know it's his second release, but still. But still. Number seven, bringing in 13595000 at the box office, is Britain's worst comedy character ever created. Oh, God. Bean. Oh, you don't like Mr. Bean. Fucking hate Mr. Bean. <laughs> I don't. I passion. like Mr. Bean. <laughs> and I have no idea. I like Rowan Atkinson. I love Rowan Atkinson. Absolutely. I'm there for everything he's ever done, except fucking except Mr. Mr. Bean. <laughs> it is awful. Uh, awful. No, I like, I like Mr. Bean. Number six. A film I did see at the cinema and regretted. Yep. <laughs> Bringing in fourteen million seven hundred twenty-nine thousand pounds at the UK box office, Evita. Evita, I've never seen that. Have you not? No, I know the the song. <laughs> Everyone knows. The Everyone. Song. Knows. I'm I surprised that at this point in time. I'm surprised that was not in the top ten. Yeah, I really am. I mean, ten seventeen played it so fucking often. That... It may end up in in the nineteen ninety eight top ten. Yeah. I, can, I can see that. Yeah, that's because true. it was everywhere. Oh God, yeah. Don't cry for me. Argentina. I was like, fuck off. Put Torn back on for the third yeah. time this hour. <laughs> I don't care. Just play Paranoid Android on loop. Apparent- just play anything other than <laughs> fucking Evita. No, not. <laughs> not smack my bitch up. Or Teletubbies. Or Teletubbies. Anything but them. <laughs> right. Um, number five. Bringing in fourteen million seven hundred ninety-three thousand at the UK box office is one of the biggest piles of shit ever made. <laughs> Batman and Robin. 
Batman and Robin and that you, film is awful you know it pains me to say that because I fucking love Batman yeah. but that is one of the biggest pieces of shit ever committed to film it's not great number four bringing in 21 million 223,000 yeah at the UK box office a film that even my dog will sit engrossed and watch the whole <laughs> way through 101 Dalmatians wow that was 97 wait the live action just says 101. That must be the live action. Just says 101. Surely the original came out before then. Could be a re-release. Yeah. It says here it was released in 1996. Must have been it took a while for it to get yeah. it. Yeah. Right, number three, a film I know we've both seen, we've both loved, and I can't believe we haven't yet covered on this <laughs> podcast. Bringing in 24,688,000 at the UK box office. Crash. <laughs> No, that's next week. That's next week. All right. I need to recover from all the wanks I had during <laughs> for Ragnarok before I can get on to the, the Jeff Goldblum shame yeah. needs to wear off. We've talked about it. We've talked about it. We've yeah. talked about a lot of films, mate. We kind of do it about once a week. We talked about it within the last 10 minutes. It's theme song. Oh, fucking Evita. No. No? Men in Black. Oh. Oh, God, you're Men in Black, of course. <laughs> That was another film that was everywhere. Yeah. And became a, a cultural reference point for several members of my family for the following decade. Really? Yeah. <laughs> they just keep walking up yes. to your cheek, <laughs> flashing you in the eyes. Just talking about the, the, the when they're steering the, the man and the little aliens oh, inside yeah. and the pug being rude and aggressive and it talks and that that was groundbreaking for some members of my extended family. Okay. Yeah. Number two, bringing in 30 million. <clears throat> 501,000 at the UK box office. The Lost World Jurassic Park. Uh, God, I forgot that film exists. It's not very good. It's not is very it? good, no. no. But that not that the one that is that the second or the third one? Uh, the second one. It's the second one. Yeah. Which is still better than the third, but which is still yeah, better than the third, yeah. which again is still better than the fourth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, number one, bringing in a whopping 32,807,000 at the UK box office. A film that unlocked something in my co-host. <laughs> the full Monty. <laughs> oh. That was culturally, culturally significant for about the next five years. Yeah, northern people getting their dicks out. The song that, that from that, I'm surprised, is, was not number one for the next five yeah. years. Because it was everywhere. Um, that film was everywhere. Yeah. It, Robert Carlyle, like yeah. it, that fat bloke from Dingy. I think. Oh, I know you mean. By you Carl know what I mean. The name, fat yeah. northern bloke. Yeah, but for Robert Carlyle, I think this was this was a really a this was a breakout, breakout piece, wasn't it? Because bef- like he'd been Begbie in Train Spotting. Yeah, he'd been the guy in Tomorrow Never the villain in Tomorrow Never Dies. He played these real. Oh, God, I forgot who's in yeah. a Bond film. Shit. Yeah. He plays the villain, doesn't he? Yeah. Tomorrow never dies. He um he's very a good theme tune as well. Oh yeah. But he was very much cast as villains and psychopaths and just people on the wrong side. Yeah. Right? And here he gets to play a lovable, a lovable northerner that just, chappy rose. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really changed things for him, I think. It really yeah. opened doors to oh, you're not just an you're evil. You're not villain. just an evil psychopath. Yeah. Oh, Okay, you can get your dick out on camera as well. Yeah. <laughs> that film 
it was just everywhere. It was. You could everywhere. not escape it at it, all. It, but the thing is, it was like the whole. It's a film. Yeah. It's about strippers. Oh, male strippers. Oh, ugly male strippers. Oh, my God. From up north. Like, <laughs> they're northerners. <laughs> and everyone just lost their fucking yeah. minds. It was like. Uh, it was like the, the, the family-friendly, almost family-friendly version of Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, or Magic Mike. Or Magic Mike. Uh, yeah, it, was, it had a bigger cultural impact than Magic Mike. Yeah. Magic Mike was just fluff. Okay. This was... I've seen this film probably twice, maybe. I've seen it at least once. I saw it once with you know, the, the, the ritual family sit yeah. down watching the new film. And then I think I watched it with a partner of mine at some point later on. Um and it's just like, okay, yeah, I've seen it now. I don't ever need to see it no. again. But I'm not northern enough to appreciate it. No. <laughs> or gay enough. Yeah. Clearly. Heteroflexible. I'm not, heterosec- I'm, <laughs> I'm not a nineties I'm not a middle aged nineties mum enough no. to appreciate that film oh, for what it really mate, was. Nineties mums were gushing all over the they place. Absolutely were. And yeah. A lot of time to be alive. I'm just a shame. It's just a shame I was too young to take advantage of it, really. Oh, yeah, me too. I'd have put on a northern accent and wobbled my willy around for a middle-aged mum in the 90s. If there are any middle-aged mums listening, <laughs> could you do your northern accent for me? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, could you sing the song from this film in a no, northern accent? No, I can't. Accent? I, I can hear the song playing in my um, head, but I can't think of the words that go with it. You sexy thing, you sexy thing. You. Down. Where did you come from, baby? How did you know I needed you? Wait, got another text from Amy. If Chumba Wumba wasn't bad enough, now the full money theme. I believe in miracles. You sexy thing. You sexy thing. You sexy thing. You. I did find a list of the top ten books of '97 by. Uh, Novelisation of that was at number yeah. one. I take it. Yeah. It's a picture book. <laughs> it's a pop-up book. Yeah. <laughs> Scratch and sniff. <laughs> Ooh, Ooh. Northern gooch. <laughs> Smells like pies and uh, cock cheese. <laughs> <laughs> like pies, racism, and oppression. <laughs> Welcome to the North, lad. <laughs> Oh, I just got a bit of uh, mining community. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's that? It's the death of the steel industry. Full <laughs> Thatcher had done away with that years ago. <laughs> she got rid of that like she got rid of our milk, you bastard. <laughs> and our pride in ourselves as British people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. How long have we been going? <laughs> Like an hour and a quarter. Oh, really? Yeah. I've got two more things, but I'm going to skip one of them and just go to the one I really... <laughs> go to the important one. ...have to do this week. Because this one was sent to me by um, every other week's very own Rachel. Okay. Sent me this article the other day. Is it a picture of her gooch? She sent that before. Okay. Yeah. Is that what she deleted from the group chat? Yeah. She's <laughs> a really, really miserable looking pip pip. <laughs> picture of the pimp behind her. Just, oh, not again. Yeah. <laughs> it's not enough of this by, by now. <laughs> Are you sick of him yet? Yeah. <laughs> but you want to sit on his face, don't you? <laughs> the pimp does. <laughs> Woman reveals her Grinch fetish is so intense that it's caused problems in her relationship. 
Wait, is this just her writing a story about herself? She's just writing a report about herself. This come from Lad Bible. Oh, yeah. God, of course it did. So unless you started contributing to Lad Bible, I'm not sure. Who knows? Who knows? A woman has revealed her Grinch fetish on Reddit and explained her struggle to get her boyfriend on board with the idea. <laughs> um, can you just read the next three in a, in a female voice? The next three paragraphs. <laughs> Where, where's she from? I don't know. Just make it up. <laughs> I was about to do something horribly racist, then I won't now. (laughs) The thing is, I don't want to hear about Grinch or listen to the Grinch or watch the Grinch. Oh, this might be done. Sorry, this is the bloke. I'll do this bit and then you can. Uh, Thing is, I don't want to hear about the Grinch or listen to the Grinch or watch the Grinch. I want to be fucked by the Grinch. And for the record, this is common among women. She explained. Is it? Second one. My boyfriend asked me what I wanted for Christmas and I told him straight up. I told him to put on the greenest, silkiest Grinch costume he could find, kidnap me from my bed on Christmas Eve and then ravage me in front of the Christmas tree. The fact that he's good... (laughs) The fact that he's good with dogs and experienced trauma at a young age makes me want that long, fuzzy cock even more. <laughs> Congratulations, Rachel. You have destroyed Rooney. And the other day when I read this, you destroyed me too. <laughs> what the fuck did I just read? And for those of you that couldn't make that out, <clears throat> my boyfriend asked me what I wanted for Christmas. And I told him straight up I told him to put on the greenest, silkiest Grinch costume he could find. Kidnap me from my bed on Christmas Eve and then ravage me in front of the Christmas tree. The fact he's good with dogs and he's, a, <laughs> and he's experienced trauma at a young age makes me want that long, fuzzy fuck even more. <laughs> oh, sorry. Long, fuzzy dick even more, she said. Oh, my God. Now, is that the weirdest fetish you've ever heard of? Yes. yes. I, I can't breathe. We did Santa Claus fetish a couple of years ago, and I thought that was probably peak Christmas weirdness. But I mean, the Grinch. The Grinch. Okay, I mean, that's weird. The, the whole Grinch thing is weird. I mean, most fetishes are weird when you get right down yeah. to it. You want your man to dress up in green furry outfit. Okay, right. With you. I mean, I'm not into this, but I'm with you so far. Yeah. I can understand. Oh, you want to be you want to be abducted from your bed? Oh, a little bit of the forced sexuality role play. Okay, oh, a little bit of CNC. Yeah. Never hurt anyone. And then she goes on, yes, the fact that he's good with dogs and is suffering from trauma, childhood trauma, God, that really gets me going. Yeah. What? Can we check in on the boyfriend? Is he all right? Is he okay? I think he's just over sat in the corner playing with dogs. He's playing with the dogs. <laughs> for a pure escapism. She's just like, oh, what's it on for me, baby? And he's like, I'm taking the dogs for a walk. Now, <laughs> bearing in mind, I know Amy pretty well. <laughs> Does childhood trauma do it for you too? <laughs> Why do you think we're together? <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, she's got childhood trauma and she's good with guinea pigs. So I, just, I really want those saggy tits more than ever. <laughs> the fact that ghosts love talking to her really just does it for me. <laughs> mate, it's like having a freeway, but the other one can't get pregnant. <laughs> you ever come in a ghost? Right away for it, mate. Non-corporeal. Non-corporeal, bitch. 
ectoplasm, motherfuckers. It means you come on their face, but really you're just coming on the wall right, right behind them. This is on the carpet. It's brilliant. <laughs> Finally. Are you going to dress up like the Grinch for Amy this year? Mate, I'm going to dress up like the Grinch for everyone this yeah. year. I'm going, to be, I'm going to paint myself green and wear a oh, speedo. Do you remember that Christmas that I played the role of the Grinch on Tartrix for like four weeks? <laughs> <laughs> we should just send her their episodes. That was a difficult week for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You had to do a bukkake on some bear men. <laughs> that was a, that's where my trauma comes yeah. from, mate. Yeah. I'm scared your... of the Grinch and bear men now. <laughs> I've got trauma in my, in my late 30s. I can't turn you on. <laughs> I can't read that scene in the, that, that section in The Hobbit where they go and hang out with Bjorn because I'm just like, no, make it stop. So it was almost as hard as watching Thor Ragnarok and not wanking. <laughs> I was in the living room, I couldn't. <laughs> Which brings us on nicely to, we watched a film this week. Nicely is a strong word, but yes, it does It does bring us on to it. Oh, I've laughed so hard. Some... I've pulled a muscle in my Christ- stomach. Christmas Eve, somewhere in this country, some girl's going to get dragged out of bed and... Kicked out, by the sounds of it. Ravished in front of a Christmas tree by oh, the Grinch. By the Grinch. Amy? Play your cards right now, it could be you. (laughs) Oh, right, okay. Um, That goes for, you know, all Amy's. (laughs) (laughs) Including my ex. Hit us up, mate. It's been a few years. You can't still hate me. Um, He's got more condoms, by the way. I've got more condoms. (laughs) His family have been over. (laughs) They said Cody's enough. No, they've stopped stopped giving me condoms. They're like, give me more grandchildren. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, no, you don't want me to have more children. They're like, oh, my tricks don't work on me. Only grandchildren. <laughs> um, so. Do they kind of want to enslave them and make them work on them too? <laughs> Listen, I don't ask where my family get their money from. <laughs> All I do is go around and watch Men in Black with them once a year. <laughs> Laugh under pug. Laugh under pug. And then move on. <laughs> and then I move on with my life. At the end of the film, they make me perform the film too. <laughs> I have to do a Grinch outfit. Yeah, I have to do the dance and everything. I'm sliding from <laughs> one side of the living room to just the next. Slide with me, just slide with me. Okay, not stop dancing yet. No, dance more. Dance, Grinch, dance. Eh, hey, dance, sled boy. I kill your mother. No one's sitting on your face if you don't dance. <laughs> I roll the chance cube, eh? <laughs> do you want? Who do you want to sit on your face, Amy or the pug? <laughs> Oh, I've got the pug every day. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Amy, you can always sell mine. The pug hasn't had any babies. Um, (laughs) I love my fiancé. Fuck off. Don't at me. Yeah, I love her too. (laughs) Frequently at the same time. Even if Cody did ruin her. I love you, Amy. I'm so sorry. I'm just addicted to him laughing. She's just going to walk upstairs and punch me. Oh, she's out there right now, letting your fucking yeah, tires down. I'm gonna go down, go downstairs to get in my car and find out he's just a flaming wreck. Yeah, no, you, that won't happen until you turn the ignition. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she, she did say some of her family from Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a sudden bin appeared next to your car. <laughs> oh, right, can we, she's got herself a big coat to hide, to hide the vest. <laughs> She doesn't eat pork either. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's all right, because I feel like you're going to have to cut out so much of this this week. There. 
I'm just not going to bother. <laughs> the damage is done. This could be the final touching. <laughs> this could be the final touching. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> I haven't laughed that much in ages. Uh, um, so, thank Thor you. Ragnarok. Thank you, Rachel. <laughs> I would like to say it was me. Yeah, you can't, you can't You can't take... Uh, no, I can't take credit for that this that week. Was, that was all on, on her. See, people, this is why we ask for, for submissions of stuff. And this is why you should go and listen to every other week. Because she comes up with their content. Oh, right. I was going to say, what? So that they can calm down after watching this. <laughs> after they've done all the laughing and they've hurt their muscles, they can go and sit through however long their podcast is. Yeah, have a snooze. And have a sleep. <laughs> it's like it's like the sounds of the ocean. Will is the seagulls. <laughs> Rachel is the crab nipping at your ankles. <laughs> nipping at your ankles. <laughs> Phil's in the background making whale noises. Oh, someone please just notice me. <laughs> we noticed you, Phil. We noticed you, Pimp. How many more masks do I have to put on? <laughs> I did notice there's been a lot of posts with him with his knife and his sex yeah. mask. Is he Lou reincarnated? Oh, God, no. <laughs> can, can the world handle that? No. Right. <laughs> Enough in jokes. Thor, Ragnarok. We watched it. Oh, yeah, for Ragnarok. Yes. Yeah. So... <laughs> I got trivia, obviously. Be- before we get into trivia, <coughs> this is the first time I sat through the film all the way through. Oh, really? I realised when I was watching it last night that I must have fallen asleep halfway through the first time <laughs> and then walked away from it like, didn't really like it, there's too many jokes. That was basically uh, dis- discretion, no, the description of your sex life. <laughs> Yeah, I fell asleep halfway through. <laughs> didn't Walked like away it. from it thinking I didn't like him. I saw too many jokes. Yeah, she kept, she kept making fun of my micro penis. <laughs> she wouldn't see on my face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> she said a nose like that would split me in half. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is, <laughs> this I, is my favourite of the Thor films. I haven't seen... Uh, Love and Thunder yet. Me neither. But, but this is my favourite thus far. This put me off four films, which is why I've not seen Love Oh, and really? Thunder. Because the first time I watched it, I was just like, too many... Clearly I only saw half of it, but Clearly. I was like, too many jokes. They're ruining four. They're make, constantly making a joke of him because he's like, you know, a powerful white guy. <laughs> like, why can't they just give us like a serious four film? They did that. Two films in a row and they were sh- not shit, but they weren't great. However, I'm no longer as depressed and no longer wearing my shit-covered glasses. <laughs> so this time around, I was like, why have I never seen this film before? Bright this is really colours, good. Yeah. lots of explosions, humour. It's a much more fun film. It is. The only, the only downside I have to this is, at times it reminds me a bit of Guardians. Yes. But aside from that, Brilliant. It's like Brilliant. Guardians with a cast that I don't hate. It's like Guardians, but good. Good. Yeah, if they just replaced Chris Pratt with one of the Hemsworth brothers, for instance. Oh, yeah, Liam could have done it. Exactly. Easy. He uh, fucking awesome in um, those two minutes he was in Hunger Games. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> this film was released. Again, we was, we are we have synchronised here. Yeah. Released 3rd of November, 2017. Fucking hell, we're two days out. We are two days. Well, this is this episode the closest we, two days out. Yeah. yeah. When, this, when this episode drops, we are literally two days out, which is the closest we could physically have released an episode. I absolutely planned that when we... Totally did. planned when we started reviewing... Um, Marvel films. That week we did Iron Man, I knew. 
We know yeah. this was this has been on the on the card since. <laughs> Had a budget of one hundred and eighty million US dollars, every cent of which you can see on screen. Yeah. I'm surprised it's this that little. Yes, with the sheer amount of CJ. There's so much going on in yeah. this film. Uh, box office eight hundred and sixty five million US dollars. Oh, so they've made what like six five hundred and. 585? Yeah, something like that. That's a lot of money. It's stupid money. But strangely, not as much as I thought they would make. No. Again, my memory is after the first Avengers, every single Marvel film was a billion dollar film. Yeah. So every time we sit here and you're like, it made 800. I'm like, really? Yeah, I know. I could have sworn it was a billion dollar film. I think film. previously the Thor films had been lower earners. Yeah. And a lot of people were put off by the previous two Thor films. We've gone through them. We we'll go back and look at uh, those really, episodes. I really like the first two. Films. They're, they're better think... than I remember them, yeah. but they're not on par with most of the other Marvel films for me. Mm, okay, I would watch any of the Captain America films, any of the Iron Man films, aside from Iron Man three. Uh, was it Iron Man three or Iron Man two? Iron Man two, shocking. Iron Man two. Uh, oh, over I can't Thor say that because I don't know what I said on the episode. <laughs> Iron Man two, not as good as Iron Man one. No, or Iron Man three, or Iron Man three. Um. And the, the the Thor films, they're they're better than Guardians oh, for me. Yeah. I mean, um, but I, took, I took a shit this morning. That was better than that Guardians. Was better than Guardians. This is what this to me is what Guardians should have been. Yeah. And this was a reinvention. Uh, uh, the director Taika Waititi spoke about it, um, and how this whole film was a re- not only a rebirth for Thor and yeah. Asgard, you know, as a character and all that, but also in a way for certain bits of the MCU that had gotten very, very serious. It's yeah. very gritty. We're focused on the end game and it's all, it's going to be bad. Hey, here's this very serious superhero who's all been very focused and, blah, and he's going to do that really face yeah. in it. And he's going to disguise himself by putting a blanket over his head. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> um, directed, like I said, by uh, Taika Waititi, who I always thought was black until I saw a picture of him a couple of years back, and I was like, huh, no, he white. <laughs> is is he really? I'm fairly certain. Is this is the person I'm thinking of. I swear I've seen a picture of him, and he's black. I think he's, like, Hawaiian or something. Just type that in. There we go. No, he white. Oh, yeah. He, he's, he's a bit of a silver fox. He kind of looks like Dwayne the Rock Johnson's younger brother. Yeah. But older. <laughs> 20 stone less muscle. Yeah, no yeah. muscle, but more hair. Okay, I I must have confused him with someone else. Yeah, because yeah. I, I, with a name like that, I just assumed he was black, and he's not. I mean, profiling. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. But, you know, people people don't hear my name and assume that I'm Indian. It's not profiling, it's guy instinct, you're fine. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> uh, written by Eric Pearson, Craig Kyle, and Christopher L. Yost. Based on Thor by Stan Lee, Larry Lieber, and Jack Kirby. Starring Chris Hemsworth, Tom Hiddleston, Kate Blanchett, Idris Elba, Jeff Goldblum, Tessa Thompson, Carl Urban, Mark Ruffalo, Sam Neill, and Anthony Hopkins. Yes, Judge Dredd is in this film. He is doing a very <coughs> undread performance. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, there was someone on that list I had something to say about, and I can't remember because I started talking about Carl Urban. <laughs> I mean, you've got the big names, Chris, Tom, Kate, Idris, Jeff Idris, Goldberg. that's it. Idris Elba. I'm so glad Idris got a bigger role. Oh, absolutely. Because not only, like, do we all love Idris, 
hashtag injuries for Bond. <laughs> but in the first two four films, he's there and he's cool with Heimdall. Yeah. Doesn't get to do anything. No, doesn't get to do anything. Here lot. he gets a much more expanded role and I was just I was so happy. Yeah. So happy. When he gets just, that, that fight on the bridge oh, with one yeah. of the heroes at the end. Yeah. Like, yes. This is what we want to see. Yeah. Um for the record, and I had to look this up um uh, for for obvious reasons, uh Kate Blanchett was forty seven when she made this film. Okay. And she looks about half that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, because she was in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And that came out fucking ages ago. And she's wearing that cat suit. And it's doing all kinds of weird things to me. How old was she? She was 47 when she made this film. Yeah, she looks about early 30s. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm fucking jealous now because I don't know how good in a cat suit. And I'm six years younger than she was when she made this film. And also, you know, Mal. Um, <laughs> uh, sex is much. It's that Hollywood lifestyle. Is that what it is? Yeah, I think once you get like, once you get a certain amount of money, and you're like, huh, I don't ever have to work again. Huh, I can afford rent for the rest of my life. Huh, I can kind of do anything I want. Yeah, no. All the stress that ages you goes away. Yeah, that's true. Actually. Plus, constant vitamin D from the sun. Yeah, like, and they're all into like, you I know, give her constant vitamin D. Um, <laughs> and they are all into healthy eating and what. That's the other thing is, it's like if you have no real commitments aside from like your work stuff yeah, like you, that, you got the time to go so to the gym. I'm gonna go to the gym. I'm gonna go and do a Thai bow class. I'm gonna do yoga in the park with my dog because yeah. you can because you don't have to be up at half past seven to go and sit in an office for nine hours. Yeah, and yeah. because you've got so much money, you live in a. You know, Sorry, did that come across as bitter? <laughs> detached house. So even if your neighbours are doing DIY, you don't fucking they're not hear waking it. you up. <laughs> Thor's friend from work line about the Incredible Hulk was yes. suggested to Chris Hemsworth by a Make-A-Wish child who oh, visited really? the set on the day the scene was filmed. Awesome. Yeah, I like that. And that's one of the best lines in the in the thing. Uh, rest in peace, that kid. God. No, what? That was genuine. <laughs> yeah, I'm just assuming they're dead. So Make-A-Wish kid in what year was this? 2017. Um, okay, fine. Yeah, they're probably dead. Um... Chat out their family. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I hope you get residuals for that one line. <laughs> Taika Waititi said in an interview of MTV News, I would say we improvised probably 80% of the film or ad-libbed and threw in stuff. Okay. Which I think contributes greatly to the the, the fun the characters seem to be having on set. Yeah, absolutely. And there, there's there are moments where you can, you're like, that doesn't look natural yeah like i don't mean natural like they're all acting very very well yeah they're all acting natural but just some of the the deliveries don't sound like okay i've memorized that line yeah and i know i need to say this at this point yeah it, a lot of them cork especially just seem to kind of be flippant and just like oh yes yeah. i'll just say it's this i'll just say that and if they like it they'll keep it in yeah <laughs> i suppose it's easy if you're if your whole thing is a motion capture suit yeah. because it doesn't matter what version they decide to keep yeah they just do the CG afterwards. Yeah, you're just happy on a mic like we are right now, just saying shit. Saying shit. It's the best way to do it, mate. Oh, could you imagine if someone took 180 episodes of Touchy, cut out some of the uh, the audio, and then animated a film? Touchy Ragnarok. <laughs> do it. Do it, somebody. Make do it good, it. though. Do it now. Um, Sir Anthony Hopkins had decided against returning as Odin, but upon reading the story, he changed his mind. He was like, oh, they've written me as John Hammond. <laughs> I will come back and do that. Yeah. 
<laughs> Every time they went to Norway and he was there in that jacket, I just kept yeah. expecting a T Rex to run through. It's just like someone's granddad, yeah. and it's like, wow, that's a step down. From no, robes. he's got an eye patch and a braid in his hair. He's Odin, the Viking. He's a cool granddad. Um, in the Marvel Comics universe, when a being becomes the last of its race, the being is imbued with immortality, and that being becomes part of a new race called an elder of the universe. That means they can no longer die and hence are immortal. It is how the universe protects the last of a kind in the Marvel Comics universe. The Grand Master and the Collector are two examples of this in the Marvel Com- in the Marvel Comics universe and by extension the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Which explains a lot about the Grand Master. Yeah. Uh, it does make his end credit scene a lot less Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you know, I suppose you could just spend eternity being beaten to death by those he oppressed, the slaves with jobs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> before, the sets create, uh, before the sets created for Marvel's Doctor Strange in 2016 were demolished, director Taika Waititi took advantage of them by writing and filming a scene for this movie featuring Thor meeting Doctor, Steve, meeting Doctor Stephen Strange. Marvel uh, and Doctor Strange director Scott Derrickson felt the scene was kind of perfect to show Strange joining the wider Marvel Cinematic Universe after his standalone introduction in that film, so the scene appeared during the end credits of Doctor Strange as well. Yeah, yeah, that's why they used it because they already had it shot, right? Yeah, yeah. And then we'd get like the extended version yeah. of it here. I love that scene. I know we've seen it already, scenes. but as soon as it it started, I was like, "Oh, we're getting that!" <gasps> yeah, <laughs> actually, in situ yeah. where it belongs. Uh, Taika Waititi based Korg's character on Polynesian bouncers. We wanted to change the idea of what a hulking guy made of rocks could be. He's huge and heavy, but with a light soul, and he's funny and friendly. And he's also one of my favourite characters in this film. I've got, where is my note? Um, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Korg is easily the best character in this entire film. There we go. We're going to get him on the uh, the Touching uh, promo oh, team. I want him on Touching. <laughs> I want him working for us. <laughs> him out there. Got a pamphlet? Would you <laughs> like to hear about a Touching? <laughs> going to start a Touching revolution. No one in. Everyone kind of died. Sorry, Doug. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Bye, future Doug. <laughs> uh, this marks the first time in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that the Incredible Hulk was not voiced by Lou Ferrigno. But oh. by Mark Ruffalo. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. All the previous films. Yeah. Right from The Incredible Hulk with uh, Ed Norton in it, the the Hulk roars and that were all done by Lou Ferrigno, obviously played him in the original 70s, 70s series. where he was just painted green. Yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, obviously in this one, he talks a lot more and actually has yeah. conversations, so they needed to get He's Mark Ruffalo in to do it. smash. <laughs> yeah. This is the first... This is almost like the transition between Avengers Hulk... And the smart Hulk we get yes. in like Infinity War Endgame, right? Yeah. This is the transitional. This is phase. where we start to see stuff leaking through and the Hulk yeah. becomes an actual character you yeah. can interact with rather than just getting smashed by. Uh Kate Blanchett accepted a role in this movie to please her children, who are Marvel Comics fans. Blanchett's eldest son, Dashiel John Upton, suggested she take the role of Hella, saying it could be a career boost. Okay, do you really think they're fans of Marvel Comics or do you think they're fans of the Marvel films? I mean, you know, I would probably say the Marvel films, but... But, but when they're reporting it, they say comics to just remind everyone that all these were once comic books. <laughs> I think so. They yeah. need to keep reminding people of that. Yeah. Uh, during the world premiere... Oh, I remember this. During the world premiere, Mark Ruffalo was live streaming from his Instagram and he forgot to end the live stream. So he accidentally filmed the first 10 minutes of the movie. Oh, no. Yes. 
<laughs> I remember seeing this. He's been caught out before as well, Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, he's yep. as bad as fucking what's Tom his Holland. name, Tom Holland. Yeah, they are terrible. Actually, you say that. I saw a video the other day. It was like all the times Tom Holland let shit slip, <laughs> and it's just like five minutes of him just being like. Oh, Shouldn't oh, shit, that. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Crap, did I say that? <laughs> yeah. So, Spider-Man's in space, right? And we're doing... Oh, fuck. Oh, yeah, he is useless at that. And <laughs> Ruffalo's not much better. Yeah, I would just stop letting them two promote the films. I would just send... <laughs> I would send... Who's his mate in the film? Who's Spider-Man's mate? <laughs> I would just send him out to do it. Him and Zendaya. Like, <laughs> we can't trust Tom Holland can't anymore. trust Tom Holland. He'd just go out and he's just yeah. like, got a gaffer tape over his <laughs> mouth. got a brain mask on. <laughs> Um, the Grandmaster's Tower features statues of his previous champions. Yeah. Notable figures from Marvel Comics. The alien, uh, Beta Beta Ray Bill, yeah. uh, who is top left. The supernatural entity Man-Thing, top center. The Greek god Ares, top right. The android monster, the Bi-Beast, bottom right. The alien, Fin Fan Foom, bottom center. And the Nightcrawler, bottom left. Ah. I... Recognize some of those names. Oh, I recognize Beta some. Ray Bill because yeah, I've absolutely. watched uh, Planet Hulk and Fim Fam Foom. I thought I he recognize. was in, uh, wasn't he in Big Trouble in Little China? <laughs> it sounds like we need to put that on there. <laughs> uh, to prepare for her role as Hella, Kate Blanchett studied the Afro Brazilian martial art Capi- Capiera. Capoeira? Okay. I can't pronounce it. Okay. Um, so not only does she look amazing, she could kick your ass as well. Yeah. The movie is mainly based on the Thor comic storyline, Ragnarok. Thor discovers Asgard is doomed to Ragnarok and must fight to stop it from happening. And the Surtur saga, um, uh, where Surtur appears and Thor and Loki team up to stop him. It also incorporates elements from the Marvel storyline's Contest of Champions, uh, with the Grand Master and Death host a tournament, and Planet Hulk, where the Incredible Hulk becomes a gladiator on an alien world. That is, I believe, on Netflix. It's animated. It's only about an hour long. Everyone should go and watch it because it's really good fun. Okay. Um, Loki's play mentions a time when he turned Thor into a frog. This is a reference to a Walter Simonson story where Loki briefly turned Thor into a frog, but he was able to meet a frog named Puddlegulp and share his power with him, turning him into Throg the Frog of Thunder. Awesome. I had to include it just for Throg the Frog of Thunder. I didn't know whether that was a reference to like an old four comic book story mm. or just Norse mythology. <laughs> yeah, it could be either yeah. at this point. <laughs> um, in Valkyrie's flashback, a blonde woman is seen pushing her out of the way of a fatal attack, losing her own life. Yeah. This character was Valky's, Valkyrie's original look in the comics. Yeah. Uh, Valkyrie's flashback scenes used a 900 frames per second high speed rate and a special 360 degree lighting rig of 200 strobe lights to make the scene look as disorienting as possible. And I love that. I think later on I describe it as being like an animated oil painting. Okay. Her flashback scenes are awesome. Okay. Um, This movie was released in 2017, along with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and Spider-Man Homecoming. This marked the first time the Marvel Cinematic Universe had released three movies in the same year. It also really doubled down on Marvel fatigue. Yeah, and Marvel because, in space. Yeah, because if there's one thing you don't need, it's three fucking Marvel films in a year. Yeah, two. One every six months is fine. It's fine, yeah. Uh, Cork. Or just none if they're called Guardians of the Galaxy. Cork. Cork. Right, sorry, my favourite character. Cork, voiced by Taika Waititi, 
offers Thor a three-pronged wooden spear, saying, yeah. it's not much use unless you want to kill three vampires who are all clustered together, which is a reference to ITT's previous movie, What We Do in the Shadows, ah. which is about a group of vampires who live together. Yeah, I didn't and know that. that's on my watch list as well, because I've been to watch that for years. I remember when I watched it last night, I was like, ha, 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 that's a funny joke. And then today I watched it and I was like, huh. It's an oddly specific thing to say. It is. And I'm like, do they really have vampires in space in the Marvel oh, Universe? God. Do they have vampires where Cork comes from? I know Blade is technically a vampire in the Marvel Universe, yeah. but that's on Earth. The people off Earth actually know what vampires are. Oh, my God, I'm giving myself a migraine. I better stop thinking about this now and start making notes about the rest of the film. <laughs> Awesome. That was a fun, uh, a fun walk through the Reggie's brain. That's my internal monologue voice as well. Just yeah, constantly I can imagine, yes. confused the whole time. She's sitting on my face, but does she really like me? <sighs> Who knows? Do they have sitting in your face, sitting on your face in space? Yeah. Do other aliens do that? Does Cork get some stony fanny on his face? If you sit on a vampire's face and you're on your period, no. This movie was released in 2017, the 55th anniversary of the debut of Thor, okay. which was in August of 1962. Tom Hiddleston revealed Loki's knife flip was a complete accident. He said the camera was still rolling and he didn't want to be just standing there like a lemon, so he flipped the knives and caught them entirely by chance. Huh. <laughs> okay, I like that. Uh, if you thought Sir Anthony Hopkins' role as Odin in this movie seemed a bit small, there was a reason for that. Because he didn't want to be in it? No. Oh. His scenes were drastically changed after test audiences reacted poorly. In a recent interview, director Taika Waititi uh, confirmed that the original plan for Odin bothered early test audiences, resulting in a drastic change to the storyline. Did they say what the original version was? They do not. Oh, okay. And I was going to Google that, but I figured um, we'd already be nearly two hours in. <laughs> um, chapter 5 of Phase 3 in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And a body count. Oh, 27. <laughs> Are you even trying anymore? I'm just throwing out a multiple of three. 1,082. Okay. Have you got a <laughs> breakdown of that? Do you want me to break down 1,082 individual deaths? Okay, maybe not. <laughs> I was really, there are a lot of deaths in this film. I was really hoping you'd have a trivia note on why they felt the need to cut Thor's hairs off, hair off halfway through. Part of the rebirth of the character. Oh, okay. It was, it was making a very clear change... That was the old Thor, and, you know, he was Prince of Asgard, and he could do whatever he wanted, and yay. And now this is new Thor. He's lost his hammer. He's lost his home. He's lost his hair. New, and it was a visual cue for that. New Thor, a.k.a. New Odin. New Odin, yeah, because he loses his eyeball. He, loses, he has a rough time of it, really. Well, like... But the patch suits him. I've got that note towards the end. Like... Uh, the eye patch suits him. No. <laughs> It does. It does. Um, oh, so that's how Thor loses an eye. Because, you know, when I was at the beginning of Infinity War or oh, God, yeah, I remember you saying, actually. I'm like, huh, he's got one eye now. He's got one eye. Huh. What happened to his eye? They're on a spaceship. Huh. Yeah. And then, but, like, yeah, so that's how he loses his eye. I never know. But... <laughs> I guess it was preordained to like within the within the story, mm. preordained to always happen as part of Ragnarok, right? I assume so. Because if he's because Odin's dead, which is sparked Ragnarok, yeah, and then Thor's going to take over. If he's going to have the same, if we're going to go with real Norse mythology, and he's going to have the same level of wisdom, yeah, 
He's gonna have he's to. He's gonna have to trade something, and yeah, because obviously us us scholars of Norse mythology know that Ragnarok isn't actually the end; it's a rebirth, it's the destruction of yeah. the, everything old, so that everything is made new again, and a cycle begins anew. If you would like to know exactly why we're scholars of Norse <laughs> mythology, we have an episode called Norse Mythology. Yeah, yeah. Go back and do that. We read a book; it was good. It was awesome. So I need to pee. Okay. So. Straight away, this film shows it has a better sense of humour than the, than its predecessors. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm not a fan of the four, oh, four setting the film up by talking to a skeleton. <laughs> I'm also not a fan of how jokey the four and Serta scene is. Really? Because it is... I like that. It's just... It's everything that annoys me about Marvel <laughs> films as we go on. Yeah. It's just... They become so tongue-in-cheek and there's no... I don't feel like at any point in that opening scene there's any stakes, there's any tension, there's anything. It's just him spinning around. to be. Because oh, he just... knows at the end of the day, he knows he can beat Serta. He's not concerned at all. He's doing all this to find out what's going on. I know, on. but it's just, it's too jokey. I like, really like it. For the God of Thunder to just be making... It's a real shock. Jokes. If you, I can imagine if you watch these films back to Older oh, Thor films. Yeah, going from right. the end of the second Thor film where he's only just starting to sort of loosen up a little bit as a character, to the start of this film, yeah. I can imagine that would be a real jarring shock. But what I will say is, as much as I hate the tone and everything else, <laughs> we don't get to fat four in Endgame, which I love, without doing this for. You don't like fat four in Endgame. When they find him and he's just hanging out with Korg and he's all fat and depressed. It just doesn't... It doesn't fit the character as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, but four hasn't been four since the first film. Uh, it doesn't even fit the character they set up in this film. Because this whole thing in this film is that's what heroes do. And he goes and he saves his people and blah, blah, blah. And then we see him and he's hanging out in Scotland getting no. fat playing video games. No, he's in Norway. Is it Norway? It looks like Scotland. It's Norway. Um, it's in New Asgard, which would be Norway. I thought right? that was in Scotland for oh, some reason. I could be wrong. I thought it was Norway. I could be wrong. But <laughs> that's because... All them people died. And he yeah. fouled all them people. And that was the first time he'd ever fouled in life. And it got the better of him. Yeah. Well, the yeah, first time he'd ever fouled as a hero. It just it didn't work for the way I saw Thor being developed. I okay. From what we'd seen. It was exactly films. the way I saw Thor going. That's exactly what you do. Sit at home with a rock man getting fat. I mean, yeah. But <laughs> it's just Thor hasn't been Thor for quite a while like he's not four in this film no arguably he's four is a straight white god <laughs> capable of anything yet he has been the butt of the jokes <laughs> for as long as it's been uh you know straight white on the do you know do you know people. why one of the reasons why he gets to be the butt of the jokes because they have to they have to emasculate him otherwise no it's Everyone nothing so deep. Oh, it is. Taika Waititi saw his performance in the 2016 Ghostbusters film. Oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Where he is a complete fucktard. He is great. And no, that there is nothing great about that film. Um, Chris Hemsworth, I mean, is a great actor and he's got good oh, comedy yeah. timing and he's brilliant. And he saw film. that and he was like, I want my Thor to be more like Kevin in uh, 2016 Ghostbusters. Kevin. It, it was literally, it came up in my research. Yeah, but that's, that's Kevin Feige. He's, got his hand up his ass telling them what to say because <laughs> they've been undermining the all-powerful straight white 
character for as long as they've needed to to keep fucking the world on side. And that is why four is a joke. I'm sorry. That is it. Every other fucking character as like gets to be powerful, gets to be a hero. Every time four tries to be a hero, he fucks it up. He doesn't even get his cash fries right. He mistimes it. That's because he's a dumbass. It's not, because he was never... I mean, you look at him in the early two films, he's very good at what he does, flying around and hitting things. He's naive, he's not he's dumb. He's not intellectual. Yeah, but he's, no, he's naive, he's not dumb. He's naive, he doesn't understand how life on Midgard is. Yeah, but he's also not very bright. I mean, in this film, he, yeah, that comes across more so. But even in the other films... They just undermine him and ma- emasculate him at every turn. <laughs> yeah, do, do you feel offended by that as a strong white man? As a strong, independent white man? Are they coming for your guns next? As a lover of Norse, yeah, Desert Troy. <laughs> Desert Troy. <laughs> As a lover of Norse mythology, it annoys me. Desert Troy in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> coming to an Amer- American school near you. Coming to Greengale Community College. <laughs> Fall 2019. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're taking the school shootings out of schools and, and putting them in, in the community college. colleges. In the libraries. Um, oh, that's a crown. I thought it was a big eyebrow. Yeah, exactly. This is what I know. <laughs> You're going to hate my notes, mate. Okay. Um, um, this film takes the thing that annoys me in Guardians films and does it right <laughs> with the immigrant song. Yes. Because that is, that is a... That is a whole section of film taken exact straight from Guardians. It's oh, like, yeah. That fucking worked. All right, we're going to bring that over here. Only here, they play Led Zeppelin, so yeah. it works. In Guardians, they play a whole bunch of shit 70s music that no one cares about. I mean, we don't care about it because we're not big fans of most 70s music. Oh, come on. That Pina Colada song is be- is worse. Do you like Pina Colada? That's just the biggest part. I do of like Pina Colada. St- That's nearly as bad as ACDC and the Rolling Stones put together. Ooh. Nearly I don't as know bad. if it's that bad. Um, um, they really play up Mjolnir's power and central role to Thor's fighting style and powers in the fight scene with Surtur and his minions. Yeah. For obvious reasons, yeah. because we know, well, we now know that, like, what, 20, 30 minutes later... Mjolnir it's gets go. fucked up and, and it's just like the emotional turning point for him as the character is at the end when his dad says you always had the power you always had the power you didn't need that that was just that the was focus a, that was a focus for you and it's like okay it would have been good if you told him that it also kind of helps that he isn't carrying his all-powerful weapon for the rest of the film because therefore he getting that would uh jeopardizes him a little bit yeah um, that would that would make the whole uh Tournament of Champions sequence a little bit more one-sided, shall we say. <laughs> it also shows you just how incredibly strong Hela is. Yeah. So it shows you, like, in that one moment, you go, oh, fuck. It's like, yeah, Mjolnir at that point yeah. is the ultimate weapon in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We've not seen anything it can't smash. Um, and we get that awesome moment in the first Avengers film yeah, where it slams down on Cap's shield. And you're like, oh, and then suddenly here she just holds it in her hand and it explodes. But we'll what, get to that. <laughs> do you think they changed the names of a lot of the characters from Norse mythology because they had different names in the comics or just to set them aside? Because Hela is basically Hell. But she was called Hela. No, she was called Hell. H-E-L. Oh, Hell was the place that she no, had dominion over. No, no. Loki. Yeah. 
banged a everything, everything. <laughs> but this one time, he banged like an an ice giant, and they had three kids. Yeah, Femre, Hell, and the other one whose name I can't remember. Slipnir. Yeah, the the horse with like yeah. a thousand legs. Yeah, but Hell was like half dead, half alive, and got sent to rule over the dead. Hence, Hell. I read something the other day, and it was it was talking about that, and it said it the other way around. Oh, in. Well. In the Norse mythology book by Neil Gaiman that we read and covered, that we in read that. and covered in the previous episode. Her name is Hel H E L. Yeah, yeah. And then, but they don't. Also, that I, I could twice. I watched this film. I could not hear what they called the wolf when she says, "Oh, like Fenris." It's Fenris and not Fenrir because yeah. Fenrir is that's the name another of the alternate translation of the yeah. name. Oh, it's okay. Fenris. I know that because uh, Games Workshop used that for the home planet of the Space Wolves. Oh, they okay. call that Fenris. Okay. Um, but do you think it was? I don't know. To probably. set itself apart, because or? if you ca- if you had a character called Hell, you're immediately going to have the you, there's going to be a section of American society up in arms. The eighties, the eighties <laughs> metal film. You've got to the entire opening of this film. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, which brings me on to the music that closes the opening scene. Is so eighties metal as is the art direction. <laughs> Oh, look, yay, Doctor Strange. Always yes. happy to see Doctor <laughs> Strange turn up. Uh, oh, that yes, that is Sam Neill playing Odin in Loki's play. Is it really? I was looking at it, I was like, wait, is that Sam Neill? That is Sam Neill. And he had no idea what, what was going on because he hadn't seen basically any of, any of the Marvel Cinematic Universe up to that point. I didn't know that, but I think I was too distracted by thinking to myself, the guy that plays Loki looks a bit like Matt Damon. Hang on, why didn't they get Matt Damon and Ben Affleck to play, just do cameos? It's only like two minutes. The, uh, the, the, the Thor in that scene is one of the Hemsworth brothers. Oh, it is? It is one of the, I think it's the older brother. Okay, so they okay, so they did that. But in my mind, I'm watching it, I'm it like... It really does look like him. Yeah. <laughs> they should have got Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Because <laughs> it would just be like a three-minute cameo for both, and it would be like putting... Two of the most incredible A-list actors on <laughs> on the planet doing a really shit play as actors. <laughs> yeah, as actors. Yeah, it would have been brilliant. That would be um, Team America levels of yeah. meta. Four is about as in touch with tech as I am. Yes. Yeah. He's <laughs> got an electronic letter. <laughs> what, do you have a computer? No, no. I want four. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't see into the future. I'm not a witch. No. Then why, why do you, you dress, dress like, like one? one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's not wearing like, you know. I love the fact that in that scene, they've adopted disguises, yeah. which are clearly shit because a bunch of fangirls immediately come over and ask for pictures with Thor. Yeah. And it's just like, why are you even bothering, guys? Just turn up in your regular clothes. Yeah, Thor looks like it's, it's like, uh, what do they call it? Laundry day. And he's just put on <laughs> the only clean clothes he's got left. And uh, Loki is just fashion goals he's fashion in that goals. scene. Yeah. yeah. I love the implication that behind the scenes, Doctor Strange has gone and had a chat with Odin. Oh, yeah. Just the way he says, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm just like, I just picture him just popping up going, Odin. Yeah. It's like, oh, yes, hello, Dr. Strange. And just the two of them just hanging out having tea. <laughs> that little bit right at the beginning of that scene where he's like, oh, so Earth has wizards now. And it's like, preferred master of the <laughs> mystic arts. arts. And he's like, I like wizard. <laughs> it's just 
that is like we get it later on in in Endgame when Tony and Stephen yeah. Strange first meet each other, and it's the two personalities. But yes. that's the first time we get to see super serious, like master of the mystic arts, <laughs> Stephen Strange come in contact with Thor, who's just like, huh, you're huh, a wizard, you're a wizard, yeah. yeah, and he knows all about that coming yeah. from fucking Asgard. Um, as much as I dislike the levels of humour in this film, Valkyrie's entrance is funny and brutal. Oh, God, yes. Is, I love that. Yeah. I could do with some of the other humour up to this point, but when she's like, is mine, and she comes walking out and falls. It I'm falls like, straight off. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, here, I'm here for that all day. <laughs> um, oh, hey, you have a sister I never told you about, who is the goddess of yeah. death. Our entire history is a lie and is actually soaked in blood, and our entire realm is going to be destroyed. There's nothing you can do about it. Gonna die now. Okay, thanks. Bye. Cheers, Yoda. I mean, I mean, Odin. What the fuck, Odin? Yeah. What? Are you, what? No. No, he doesn't even apologise. No. He's just like, yeah, this happens. <laughs> um, I love you, my sons. Loki's face at that moment. Yeah. This is an awesome shot. He knows Odin's not lying because that's kind of his thing. Yeah. And he knows that Odin loves him in spite of all the awful things he's done, like including basically being responsible for his wife's death yeah. and enchanting him and trapping him on earth and yeah. all the shit that he's done. It comes moments after he's like, it took me a long time to get out of that spell you put me under. Yeah. yeah. And then he sees that and it's just like, he hates himself for what he's done because he knows at that moment that despite it all, he loves him like a son. And yeah. it's just like, oh, oh, you done goofed. Fashion goals. Would you say that? Oh, absolute fashion goals. <laughs> Would you say that? And hair goals. Would you say yeah, that yeah. was is a turning point for Loki in the overall arc of... Yes, or it's the start... This film is a turning point for him. There are several points you can plot where he starts turning around. Yeah. And this is the first one where he's kind of like, oh, God, it's like everything I did. He still loves me. Oh, I'm a terrible, terrible person. Um, The flying longboats are awesome, and I want one. I wish we got more of them. Yeah. I know we get to see them briefly in um, Thor of Dark World. But they're, they're smaller versions. Yeah. But seeing these flying longboats come in. I just like, um, I, I need to travel to work and back every day in a flying longboat. Oh, yeah. By the way, uh, <laughs> there were huge sections of this film. I was going to say, you just jumped about 40 minutes. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't uh, write notes for it. No, it gets broken. Yes. I remember seeing that in the cinema and being legitimately stunned. Oh, really? Yeah, because I was I had no idea that happened. Yeah. Uh, and I was just like we said earlier, Mjolnir is, is, is this ultimate god-level god tier item in the mcu and then she just grabs it and breaks it and i was like wait what 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 what, what? how no how is he gonna do the thing with the, the lightning and the spinning of the hammer and then obviously he doesn't need to but yeah i was just like oh my god um and i just like saying mjolnir because i i two of both my fiance and my best friend can't say it mjolnir what oh you've been practicing yeah <laughs> I'm not getting laughed at again. <laughs> well, I guess find another one. There's a load of other stuff you can laugh at. Yeah, about. that's true. Um, I get that they needed to establish Hela's powers and probably thin the ever-expanding cast of Asgardians down a little bit. But her just walking through the fucking Bifrost and dropping two of the Warriors three like that was yeah. just wrong. We get to see how awesome they are in the previous film. And then she just walks in and goes, foot, foot, and they die. I mean, at least Hogan gets a cool fight scene and yeah. a death scene with the, the other Asgardians in the city. But they just they just got dropped like they were NPC minions or something. It's just like, what? It's like, we don't need you for the next phase. Sorry. Bye-bye. So, yeah, yeah, you're not in the next phase. We haven't got space for you. And where is Lady Sif? 
Oh, she was running off stage screaming. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right, that makes sense. <laughs> I love I love that little touch because you know for a fact that's the way Loki sees her. It's just some girl that's going to panic and scream <laughs> and run away. Because she didn't swoon after him. Yeah. She's like, oh, oh he, she was useless. So she, when he's like, writing her. like the play of his life, he's like, yeah, you can just be a Get help. A Lady Sif, get help. Oh, please, yeah. someone help. It's such a nice, tiny, subtle little touch. Uh, I love Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, me too. Um, Jeff Goldblum is perfect as the Grandmaster. He's just basically playing himself in funny robes. For screaming through fear is <laughs> hilarious. When he's in the chair and he's like, you're going to meet the Grandmaster. When you're doing the, the Epcot Spaceship yeah. Earth sequence. Oh, yeah. That's bad memories for me. Um, but, like, he is, again, like, an om- not an omnipotent, but he is an all-powerful god yeah and they're like you're gonna meet the grandmaster and he starts screaming <laughs> and then it just cuts to him in the chair <laughs> surrounded by people and he's like, <laughs> that, that is comic genius uh korg is a brilliant character oh korg is easily the best character in this film the the imposing physicality juxtaposed with his soft voice and perma awkward personality yeah. is amazing and then i am um, Oh, here we go. I tried to start a revolution, but didn't print enough pamphlets. pamphlets. Sounds like a Reggie excuse to me. It really does. It does. It sounds like an excuse that I would sit here and tell the world on touching. Yeah, yeah. You were, we were going to be on the six o'clock news after taking over a Costa coffee that was Bubba Hellmouth, but I didn't print enough pamphlets, so nobody uh, came to watch. Yeah. Sad, but true. <laughs> Doug. My uh, <laughs> future dog. I love the reveal of Asgard's pagan past. Yeah. Because all we've got up till now is the very kind of good and holier than now as guardians yeah. who are super at tech and we're everything. guardians yeah. of we're, we're the guardians of peace but if anybody knows anything about norse mythology and you kind of like oh this is why the dark elves and the frost giants and the cronans all fucking hate you yeah because up until about a generation ago you just murdered anyone who disagreed with you right got you america i mean Asgard. When they bring the sailing down to yeah. show what looks way more like a, a Viking past. It does, than, doesn't it? <laughs> than what, that, what what we've been given so um, far. Undead Asgardians, that just feels wrong. Yeah. Because the Asgardians up to this point, obviously, like we just said, we've seen this polished version and we see the current Asgardians yeah. who are universally good guys. Yeah. If you needed help, that's who you would turn to. And then you make them evil undead revenants and it's just like no stop messing with my characters um i like the infinity gauntlet cameo but if it's a fake fake <laughs> why is it made big enough to fit thanos you would think if they're making a fake version of it they'd it make be, one that yeah. would fit four yeah human sized yeah not one that was thanos sized because, that threw me a little bit uh feige loves easter eggs i know but it just it <laughs> Anything that makes me stop like that and be like, uh, uh, kind of brings me stop out. Stop overthinking. Uh, um, oh my life. god, a hammer pulled you off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Several of my notes are literally just <laughs> quotes from the film. That that whole, in, <laughs> whole conversation, initial meeting between the two is just genius. <laughs> um, the Hulk reveal. Yeah. When he comes out, and then Thor's reaction. I know him. Yeah. And then we cut to Loki's reaction. I have to get off this planet. Yeah. <laughs> um, for trying to like reason with Hulk is yeah. like anybody trying to reason with me when I've lost my temper. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Come on. 
Come on, calm down. Fuck you. And then he'd been walking over and doing the sun's getting real yeah. low. Sun's getting real low. I and then, but he picks him up and just does the brush, brush, brush. And yeah. Loki leaps up and he's just like, yes, yes. that's how it feels. It's like, <laughs> I just really love the spot. I just really, yeah. <laughs> um, I, got, I got a note on. Fuck it, we'll do it when we get to it. Ah, <laughs> oh, yuck, there's still someone's hair and blood on this. Can you please clean the weapons after use? <laughs> Disgusting slobs. Again, would be me. Yeah, yeah. absolutely would be you. You'd make a terrible gladiator. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hulk's bed is pretty awesome. Yes. Just a giant skull. I'm yeah. like, I would sleep in that. <laughs> that looks comfy as fuck. Easily breakable if you're the Hulk, but awesome. I, fortunately, am not the yeah. Hulk. <laughs> For talking about the Valkyrie is me when I profess my love for strong women. <laughs> Absolutely. He's <laughs> like, I love them, but not in a creepy way. In a but, creepy way. I mean, in this, no, I mean, oh, oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> and then they bust out the taser. Yeah. <laughs> and the music that plays uh, while Thor gets his hair cut, he's transferred to the Coliseum, and during the fight is awesome. And it sounds like futuristic 80s music. Yes. It's like if you took the sounds of 80s synth music mm. and then you kind of put them in the future that's what it would I sound really, like. I like the, the, the soundtrack to this film I do as well there's a lot of again like you had early on you had like 80s metal feel with yeah. a lot of the 80s guitars kind of in the background yeah. and stuff. here you've got 80s synth craft work-esque kind <laughs> of but again it's futuristic and it yeah. sounds like it would it's such a massive from departure planet. from the previous Thor films yeah. that were basically all Or- orchestral yeah. And then all of a sudden you've got this that has... It does have its orchestral moments, yeah. but for the most part, especially the bits that you really notice, it's not. You've got, obviously, Immigrant Song, and then oh, immigrant song. these other bits that they do. I um, I didn't pay attention enough because I didn't think of this until now, but when they're on Earth, mm. is it orchestral? Or when they're on Asgard, is it orchestral? But when they're out in space, it's all very synth don't know actually i didn't i wish i paid attention yeah i I'll didn't notice any particular no but that would that might have been that would make sense it might have been that a, would be quite clear. i didn't idea. see anything about that in my research either no. and that sort of thing normally does come up uh i'm so glad idris gets an expanded role in this film yes naked hulk lol (laughs) oh yes that's naked Uh, very naked no I'm never gonna not see that (laughs) (laughs) that's in my head now uh I want a replica of Heimdall's sword that thing is a beast I mean the fact that Idris Elba is a tall motherfucker and that sword is like almost like three quarters or more of his height that would just be like stand this fucking tall on its own yeah neither one of us is is uh throwing that around no but it looked awesome on my wall um, Thor never quite nails the because that's what heroes do line. No, and that's perfect. It is perfect. Although I was, I was expecting the whole time I'm watching it. I'm like, right, he's fucked it up twice. Third time's the charm. At some point during the final no, battle, because that'll be that's too Star Lord. It is. Too that's Star-Lord. the sort of thing Star Lord would yeah. have done. That's that's Guardians level humor. Yeah. This is next level humor where the film knows that's a cheesy, tacky, passe thing. To it say. knows I'm sat there waiting for him to say it again. Yeah. So they're not going to So say. it doesn't. But instead, you. instead, they call back to, I'm not doing Get Help again. <laughs> Which I just thought was like his delivery. The whole, in the moment it is, everything about yeah. it is just absolutely perfect. Um, I love all the little Thor-Hulk conversations. Yeah. 
that they have so frequently. I because love the bit where he's like, four sad, and he walks over, pushes him, four sad, four sad. <laughs> Stop throwing things. It's like it's just like me and Rooney in my twenties. <laughs> well, because. Like I said, I, that neither of them, especially in this film, are particularly bright. No. It seems like Thor's, some of Thor's IQ points have been transferred across to Hulk. So they're on almost the same intellectual level. I love I love when he's talking to the Hulk and he's like, no, I much prefer you to Banner. I much prefer yeah. you. Oh, I do science stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I he's talking to Banner and he's like, no, I much prefer you. He's all smash, smash, smash. <laughs> Uh, the ball bouncing off the window. Yeah. Because that's what... <laughs> Brilliant. Um, something what? else I loved in this film is Thor's continuous use of the line, the sun's going down. The sun's going down. <laughs> yeah, the oh, sun's down. Yeah. Sun down. Yeah. Sun's getting low. Sun's going down. Yeah. Giving him little back rubs. Uh, welcome, point break. Yes. <laughs> and then when when Banner does it, and it's like, welcome, strongest welcome, Avenger. Welcome, strongest Avenger. <laughs> Uh, Banner when he first comes back and is can, just anxious and scared of <laughs> uh, letting the Hulk out is me when I'm surrounded by idiots oh he's a hero guys Fenrir is awesome and I want one. Oh, the giant wolf yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Thor's disguise is even worse than the usual Marvel baseball cap and sunglasses yeah. it's like literally just the, well I can see your face not when I do this yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, lol Thor, Thor throwing the can at Loki's head to make sure he's not just an illusion yes I like the little references to that throughout yeah. it as well um, oh I don't like that word which one mainframe yeah <laughs> and the the prisoners with jobs line I, I just like his assistant whoever she is she's just she's got brilliant she's yeah. zero fucks yeah. uh, again she's another one I can't do an impression of because no. she's I'm not sure if that's New Zealand or South Africa no, I can't do it. I can do no. No, um, but, I love but the, yeah, that the prisoners with jobs line, which is clearly a jab at the US prison system. Yeah, and I'm just like, oh, oh I love this film. <laughs> um, Loki looks so hurt when Thor basically tells him he's not a hero and never could be. This is when they're in the lift going down yeah. or going up, and he's explaining to him, you know, that's that's just not you. And Loki's just like, oh no, I can be a hero if I want. To. I mean, the fact that like. Ten minutes later, he betrays him again. Yeah, um, I like that. I like the fact that, he, that he's just—he's like, we're not just going to do the betrayal. We're going to use it. Yes, we're going to use it to like to tell to tell the story to flip it. Yeah, they kind of did it in Age of Ultron. But, yes, and they re brought it back here. But I feel like it actually it works better. Here. It works better here. Yeah. Uh, is Asgard just the disc world minus elephants and a turtle? I was wondering that because <laughs> I'd never seen that shot. Obviously before this film but I'd never seen it before you like last night where it's just the waterfall but yeah it's just like the, the world fall at the edge yeah. and the, obviously Hulk just throws Fenris yeah, off right. of it yeah. and it's like yeah they keep going about how great Asgard is but it's actually really small it's, it's probably about the size of fucking London or something it's basically just Discworld yeah, yeah. it's just a really small Discworld uh, so, so that's how four dude is my uh, Banner hitting the bridge in oh Oh, hang on. You yeah, go, because you've probably yeah. got loads left. Uh, watching Thor and Valkyrie taking out the attacking ships when they're, when they're trying to go through the Devil's Anus. Yeah. Um, Valkyrie jumps jumps across, uses precise sword strikes to yeah. hit key components. She uses her brain when she turns the turret against the other ships. 
Thor just punches them really hard and tears chunks out of them. Because that's what Thor does. It's a, it's a perfect like yeah. encapsulation of their two characterizations oh, right yeah. there. And it demonstrates it. Both and the thing is, both methods are equally as effective. Yeah. But they're coming from very different like directions. Yeah. Uh lol, Scourge is still walking around with those M16s on his back. Yeah. Des and Troy. <laughs> uh Scourge redeems himself with Des and Troy. Uh, my lo- note on that later. That, is, Hell yeah, go scourge. Me too. There's a scene where he jumps off the ship and he lands and he's just firing. Yeah. And it's good. That, I don't know. I'm not into it like you are, but that to me, it's just a pure Warhammer vibes. Oh, God. It's yeah. Like, it's the suit he's wearing and he's just there taking out that, orcs his, or whatever. His, they his are. armor. Yeah. Right from, I mean, it's got some strong Warcraft vibes. I'm fairly certain I've got a suit very similar to that for one of my warrior characters. And he just he just jumps down and he's just going it and he's using literal machine guns as melee weapons and I'm like that's Warhammer as yeah. fuck, mate. <laughs> I was just like, Rooney must be jizzing. Yeah. Um, Banner thudding into the Rainbow Road. I know that's not what it's called, but Banner hitting the bridge in a human form is fucking yeah. jarring. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, you'll see. And then you get that that glass yeah. thud as he hits it, and because like, there's not a single person watching this film for the first time that doesn't expect him to land as he, Hulk. Right? He's gonna Hulk out yeah. everyone because we've seen him do it so many times yeah. before. But then when he's just frail human body, just hits, <laughs> and, and I'm like, like, oh, that was it was jarring. Yeah, it was it's brilliant. Nothing, yeah, brilliant, but jarring. Uh, Odin has proper John Hammond vibe. The immigrant song gets used perfectly for the second time. Yes. Uh, Loki is so extra, and that's yes. coming for me. When he when the ship appears out of the mist, behold your saviour! It's oh, like, oh, come on, Loki. You You're say doing that. a good thing. Don't spoil it. <laughs> you say that. But I, my first thought was, oh, my God, Loki is really spirit animal. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that would be you. <laughs> that would, yes, this is true. Um, it's an underlying film, theme of this film that you cannot stop change. The cycle of death and rebirth will continue, uh, ad nauseum and you you will never stop it the the trick is really in how you react to it because that's the only thing you have control of I love how we went from her Helen's sexy her scourge fights for machine guns so the underlying themes of this are that change is unavoidable oh, hang on. when did I just become Lloyd Grossman, Lloyd Grossman <laughs> because you were getting posh um, I think so yeah I think I think Again, sorry, going back to actual Norse mythology, I think Ragnarok is the story of birth, uh, death, and rebirth. rebirth. Yeah. And the cycle would always continue. Yeah. And you cannot change it. You just yeah. have to. It's You just have to roll with the punches, basically. Here, it definitely feels like that's an underlying yeah. theme of the film. What with for basically becoming Odin at the end, yeah. he's reborn with one eye as king of Asgard yeah. or new Asgard and flying around in the ship, not on Asgard. <laughs> not on I mean? Asgard. He's yeah. taking Asgard into the next phase. I just feel like so, that and the revelation at the end where he's like, this was never about stopping it. Yeah. It was about, he bringing has it the on. revelation. It's yeah. like, we've got to bring it on. You can't, yeah, you can't you hold can't, it back. No, you can't, you can't hit the next level of who you need to be without killing off the old person. Yeah. You were. And I feel like a lot of this film, like maybe not go kill it if you have to. Yeah, (laughs) it's not as overt in its themes as Doctor Strange was. It's not as overt in its themes as stabbing your dad, stabbing your dad with a lightsaber on a bridge. (laughs) No, 
But that's because this is Marvel and not new Star Wars. No, but I would, I would, if I had to put money on it, I would say that is an underlying. Yeah, thing. it comes across. Uh, and back to our usual kind of notes for my yeah. very last one: Hulk attacking Serta. It's just funny. Yeah, he's brilliant. Yeah. And the fact that he leaps up halfway through yeah. Thor's little monologue. Yeah. He's like, no, stop it for once in your life. Don't smash. Because that is, it. you know, for a fact that if any of this was real, that is exactly what Hulk would oh, be yeah, doing. Oh, yeah, Thor would get a chub on to fight. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm fighting that guy. Yeah. Um, the, the Hela Thor fight. And then, which goes straight into the, like, the you get a little flashback yeah. with Odin. Then he zaps the shit out of her. And then go straight into that awesome fight on the bridge, yeah. which is brilliant. And the thing is, right, other Marvel film directors and, and cinematographers should take note here because you don't need 15,000 confusing cuts no. to make a fight scene look awesome. Although there is some confusing logistics. Yes, very confusing logistics. That bridge seems to have 12 ends. Yeah, yeah and it seems to have like eight different groups of people yes. facing off each other. Because one minute they're just facing off against Femris. The next minute, Scourge is there with his men. Yeah. The next minute, it's just Femris. Yeah, and, <laughs> and then like, all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, well, Heimdall and Thingy are fighting up this end. Yeah. And then they're fighting this end. But then Thor's fighting at this end. Yeah. And Loki's at this end. Oh, no, now they're right here again. Yeah. And then, so if you try and map it out, it's yeah. confusing as fuck. And then all of a sudden, Korg comes out of nowhere. <laughs> like, yeah, literally, the, the gladiators are suddenly there. And you're like, what? That is one of my favourite lines in the entire film, where he's just like, uh, we're about to go and get on that big ship. You want to come? You want to come? <laughs> Um, hell yeah, go Scourge. Oh, the mid credit scene. Is the one where... Where the ship Thanos, appears. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, Thanos finally show- showing up. Kind of. Yeah. Um, obviously, they made that ship look enough like the Chitauri ship and Thingy's ship from Guardians Volume 1. Yeah. Um, that uh, you kind of go, okay, that's got to be Thanos. Yeah. Even though it's not, you know, in I- your face. As I said earlier, I'd never seen this whole film all the way through till last night. So <laughs> when I saw that mid-credit scene, I was just like, "I get it." It's a shame because I love the little con- the conversation that they're having. Oh yeah, you know, it's a good idea taking me back to Earth. And it's like, oh, I'd really love to see an alternate timeline oh, where yeah. they just got back as they were, sort of thing. Um, and then obviously the end credit scene. Uh, I swear. This is a shorter version than the one that was shown in the cinema. I mean, you wouldn't know. No. I looked it up. I can't see any reference to this. So this might be the Mandela effect in my brain. But obviously in this version, it ends with him going, oh, it's a tie. Yeah. I was fairly certain there was like a couple of seconds after that in the cinema where they all charge at him. Oh, okay. And that was where it cut. But I've looked it up online. I can't find it. So uh, is that just my brain being defective or? It's talk.until at gmail.com. Let Rooney know if he's defective under the influence of the Mandela effect or just plain idiot. Just plain idiot. Or you, I mean, if you're listening to this on Spotify, <laughs> who the fuck listens to podcasts on Spotify, um, you can just message me directly on there with either a, a written message or you can send me a voice note, which if you want, I can feature in our next episode. Not you will. Not you will. No one yeah. wants to hear what you've got to say. Yeah, mate. We've, we've had enough of you for a while. Oh, that reminds me. I've got a message, Will. Really? You're actually yeah. going to... I have to message him directly. Huh? Why? What did you do wrong? I ain't done anything wrong. What? I'm going to do him... I'm asking to do him a favour. What penance are you paying? Really? You're going to... Yeah. What's he ever done for you? Well, 
Well, to be fair, um, the last time I'm doing an event next week at Blue Water. Come what down to Blue Water and collecting for a... Hang on. What? Hang on. What day? Saturday. Fourth. I told you about this weeks ago. <laughs> You're doing that Saturday. Yeah. We're recording Synchronicity Sunday. Yeah. Spurs are playing Chelsea on TV Monday night. <laughs> Either I record the football and watch it when I get home, or we're recording on Friday night. <laughs> God. Uh, but basically, yeah, I'm at Blue Water with Iconic Legion okay. on next Saturday collecting for the Royal British Legion, actually. Okay, you, you've done this before. You've raised a lot of money before. We have raised an awful lot of money for them at these events, and it's one of my favourite events to do. Okay. I get to walk around Blue Water as a Mandalorian. Um, so, first, second, third. Fourth. Fourth. You just Saturday said Saturday the 4th, yeah. I Saturday did. the 4th of November. Go to Blue Water, check out Rooney. He will be dressed up in... Something. Something. Depending on how strict they are on their no-weapons policy, will yeah. dictate what, co- what costume I'm in. And if you're nice to him... I actually have. I have... I have... If you're nice to me, and you say, Tutjig sent me... Um, I have a gift in one of the pockets. I have some gifts in one of the pockets of my flight suit. Um, I'll fill some condoms and tie them up and send them over with them as well. Yikes. <laughs> Protein shakes. Um, <laughs> no, if, if you're nice to Rooney and you compliment him, he will tell you, he'll point out who Will is so you can, you know, avoid him. Yes, I'll point costs. out who Will is. So you, yeah, you can either go over and kick him in the nuts or something. <gasps> Mrs. Will's going to be there as well, so... <sighs> Scary. She'll hold him back yeah. so that he can be kicked in the nuts yeah, easier. She will, yeah. <laughs> so scores. Um, <laughs> yeah, back on track. Can you take the audio recorder and you and Will do some on the fly audio recording? I can take it with me. I don't know if I get a chance to use it okay. since I will be in my Mandalorian. Because <laughs> then we can play that back and reflect on it and make fun of Will. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, really pimp your charity work. Really pimp doing. charity work. Yeah. Right, scores. <laughs> come on, focus. We're already like two and a half hours. Eight. Eight. It's getting an 8.5 <gasps> from me. Really? I really like this film. I, I think... I guess that, because there's been absolutely no moaning about having to watch a Marvel film again. No, I know. Yeah. That's because I was looking forward to watching this film, because it's so much fun to watch. Okay. I think a large part of it is the fact that it's so much better than the previous Thor films. I wanted the, the previous two to be better films than they were. I For me... This is this is this is almost a Thor, maybe not the first one, but this is definitely what I think the second Thor film should have been. I'm still a big, big fan of that that first Thor film. The second one, <laughs> but I'm a big fan of the first one. This one, it's a really good film, and I was shocked at how much I enjoyed it these two times. But uh, I like about twenty five percent less humour. Yeah, you know I enjoyed it because I didn't even moan about the fact that it's two hours and 12 minutes long. And I actually had to watch all of that because of the fucking end credit scene as well. I didn't watch it, I skipped it, but that's not the point. Yeah, (laughs) I I did notice this time around on Disney, it's like skip credits and you press it once and it shows you the mid... And you give credits again, and it takes you to the end one. end one. Yeah, I don't do that on all of them. They don't. It's and annoying. It's annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I don't often watch them downstairs on no. the Disney Plus. I normally watch them up here, so I'm just on the PC. So yeah. I just use my mouse. Okay. But what are you doing? Sixteen point five. Sixteen point five for Thor Ragnarok. That puts it in the uh, top third of the. Absolutely. Yeah. That's that's one of the higher ranking films. We like that as much as we like the Descent. 
Oh, okay. I can see that because it's right there behind my PC. Uh, 16.5. One, one costs about £35 to make, and one costs £180 like million. million. Yeah. <laughs> see, we're not, we're not here... We're not money whores. We're not money whores. We, we just like film costs two quid or two million. Yeah, we just like good stories. Find what you love, believe in it. Positive things will happen. The sun's going down. The sun is going down. The sun is going 